Blog Talk Radio. And now for our feature presentation. Fifteen hundred slaves in full effect. Okay, and you go to a slave or an African, and you say right there while he's picking the cotton, right there. Yo, man, what you think about this whole situation you in right now? You gonna get two types of people. You gonna, no, you gonna get three. You gonna get one type of person. What situation? I'm just picking cotton. Then you gonna get another person that says. Well, you know, it's kind of, you know, Charlie, Master Charlie kind of hard on me, but he all right. Then you get this other person who's like, yo, what's your name? You got something called an MAP? <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here. These are the three people you're going to meet on the plantation. In the 15, in the 15, I'll do the three people you're going to meet. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't care that I'm here, and I'm trying to get the hell out of here. Come now, 2012. Ask a person in any job situation, this situation, where they go, you're going to be three types of people. One, why do you work for FedEx? What do you mean, why I work for FedEx? I got a job. Why do you work for FedEx? Well, you know, it is hard hours, man. It's long. I was driving this truck. It's crazy, but it's the best I can do right now, and I get a good check. Last person, why do you work in FedEx? I don't work here. I'm really an MC. I'm waiting for my opportunity to record my album. I'm only doing this right now so I can eat. Yo, really? My name is I'm trying to get free. I don't see them seeing me. I don't 
everything we do and say. We want his blessings, and then we can say we're blessed and highly favored. That's why I say that. So how's you doing tonight? How's the family doing tonight? When I say the family, I'm not talking about the Douglas Kennedy family, which is normally what we do every single, every other Tuesday. But tonight is our public forum night where we're talking not just to the family. Of course, the family is more than welcome to join the show. I always say that. I love seeing my bloodline, the Douglas Kennedy family in the house, strong. I always like that, so for sure the family is welcome tonight. Uh, while I'm welcoming out the family, the biological family, to tune in tonight, uh, of course, along with our friends of the Five Smooth Stones has been with us over the years. I want to just remind everybody that tonight's show is probably going to be more like an R-rated show, more so than a, a PG show. Uh, just, just have to tell you all that because of the nature of what we're going to be talking about. A lot of Parents may not want their kids hearing some of the things we are, the topics, not necessarily the answers we give, but just the topics. Some people just are sheltering their kids, and you can't blame them because there's a lot of stuff out here happening. And I just want everybody to know tonight, tonight, tonight is definitely, definitely what you might call R-rated, okay? So tonight we'll be talking again about serious challenges with solutions facing young black America, and we're, the target is ages pretty much, I would say, probably 30 and under, although some people are much older still have those same issues. The bulk of the youth uh, that we're talking about is going to be 30 and under, 30 and under. We care about them tonight. We love them tonight, and tonight we're going to try our best as the Holy Spirit uses us, as we submit to the Holy Spirit, I might add, because it's just not an automatic thing. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit and uh, and hear from uh, and, 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 and be able to help our young people tonight. A lot of them are confused about what's going on. But before I get into that, just want to just comment really briefly on the t- the two songs, the two clips I just played. What did y'all think of KRS-One? Talking about the three types of people. <laughs> Hopefully y'all heard that. And then what do you think of the hard times? Now that was a song by John Legend. And it was just, I played it, I know it's kind of, you know, it's gentlemen uh, again having rough times and and sleeping on hotel uh, motel floors, and he's having a hard time for a reason. And I want to play that song because this is what happens when we don't put answers out there for our young people, when we don't raise them up in the, as the Scripture call it, the fear and admonition of the Lord, when we don't teach them the right way, when we don't teach them the proper way, we don't teach them... Um, how to do things his way, how to say things his way, how to think his thoughts. You know, the Bible even talks about our every thought. We're supposedly pulling down thoughts that do not glorify the Father. 24-7. That's what the Bible says. It says even our thoughts are supposed to be managed. So tonight, tonight, what are we doing? We are talking to young people tonight, and a lot of this is going to relate to older people as well. So if you're older people and you're way over 30, not a problem. This is your show. But if you're under 30 and African-American, for sure this is the targeted audience. If you happen to be not an African-American, this is your show still because we're going to be talking about universal laws that don't matter who you are. When you apply these principles, they work, they work, they work in your life. And that is all we're really interested in tonight. What works? What's going to help our youth uh, as they 
uh, try to live their young lives and become adults, and, and, and we want them to live as long as they can. Longevity, this is a part of what the Father has promised us, folks. Longevity, longevity. He promised us longevity, and he also promised us peace and joy uh, along with that longevity if we seek him and obey him uh, as we live our lives. So that's really all the show is about is just providing light for our younger generation and anybody that's listening really and uh we're gonna be sharing things we're not perfect. Let me just I'm so glad I thought to say this. Wanna say this very clear, crystal clear. I probably said five times tonight. Tonight you know you're not hearing from folks who have it all together. You're not hearing from people that have it all together. Folks, tonight you're going to hear from regular, everyday people that have experienced some successes in some area of life or the other. Learn some lessons. And I'm going to tell you, family, universal family, human family, all of you have something to say. All of us have a testimony. Test, test, testimony. A test we was challenged with. Or a mountain we was challenged with, it tested our inner belief system. We came up against it, and when we come out on the victorious side, we was able to defeat, or we was able to conquer, or we was able to get through whatever challenge was set before us. In that point, at that point, at that point, we have what you call a testimony. And that's really what it's all about. It's just nothing more than that. Life, as far as uh, 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 bringing up old, young people, raising, mentoring, uh, sharing wisdom, counseling, all it's about is just sharing what has worked for you. That's it. And we make it so complicated. So tonight you have some young people. Hopefully it's going to be called tonight. Some have been invited. We'll see. And some hosts, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have some hosts and co-hosts here. Uh, we'll bring on here in a little while. But, folks, tonight, tonight is very simple. We just want to help our young people. We just want to show them some love. They get beat up on all the time. And a lot of them are doing very good things. A lot of them are very productive in their life. Everybody is not on on uh, having hard times like John Lesh was just singing about. There are a lot of young people that are have have turned over their life to the Father. They they read the scriptures uh, because this is the oldest book on the planet with the most proven ways to live, and they those young people are lining their life up with these ancient old universal laws, and they are getting a lot of success. And yes, they do have the peace and the joy, what we call the fruits of the spirit. They do have that. Young people. Today, 2017, that is enjoying the blessings of the Most High. So, no, everybody is not struggling. Everybody is not um, barely making it. There's a lot of young people that have the victory, and we want, we'd like for them to come on and share that. So if you listen tonight and you want to comment, you want to share, either what you're going through, you don't have to just be the solution. But tonight is definitely solution-based. We don't want to spend too much time talking about the mountains. We know the mountains are affecting a lot of our young people. So we, we more want to hear of solutions more so than the mountains, which we definitely is going to talk about tonight. So, again,
again, hopefully everyone is doing well. Again, this is another episode of Blog Talk Radio with the uh, the station Five Smooth Stones. I'm Seth. We've been doing this for a long time. And I say, when I say we, I mean there's a whole slew of brothers and sisters that I consider we that have contributed to this show over and over again. That's why I say we, 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 we. So, uh, again, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Those of you already on the phone lines, we appreciate you. We appreciate you a million times. We appreciate you. And those of you uh, in the uh, chat room, I haven't really looked at the chat room real well, but if there's anybody there, thank you very much for being there. And um, just want to thank you all for just being on time. It's very important that uh, you be on time because you might just miss something. So anyway, I want to go ahead and just read the show description so everybody will know what is happening tonight, what is happening tonight. Uh, So earlier, this is what I sent out to those that didn't get an email. You didn't get a text. You just call that phone number every two weeks, and you don't know what we are talking about tonight. Well, this is what I sent out to everybody, friends of the Five Smooth Stones as well as family members. This is what I typed earlier. Serious challenges facing our young people. Actually, let me read that again. Serious challenges with solutions facing young black America. I went on to say, backed by popular demand, part three. Remember, there's a part, folks. Tonight, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, April 11, 2017. Join again, Seth and other guests. We'll just say that. Uh, hopefully, it'll be Brother uh, Purcell will be calling, as well as Ellis Shua, uh, along with Ricky. Um, with you, America, on Five Smooth Stone Station as we track current challenges with solutions facing young black America. Today, while many young African Americans deserve respect for their hard work, many are full of questions, doubt, confusion, and frustrations. Here are the more pressing issues we'll discuss tonight. Many young black America feels it is them against the world. Some feel they're never good enough, and there's never enough money, and they seek happiness from it alone. Talking about money. Fast money versus the natural way. Others don't trust the church because of the state of African Americans. While there is over 12,000 career paths, many pursue only rapping and careers in music. Thousands of young ladies nationwide choose stripping to make a living. Ex-felons find it nearly impossible to assimilate back into society. Too many think America is cursed and is doomed, so why think long term? Others wonder why they keep attracting fake friends and they don't trust anyone. Young adults giving up because of racism. Then thousands of single African American women are drained, being pulled all directions by daycare, demanding jobs and dads missing. Our men disrespect authority 24-7. Maybe not. 
that much, but just they definitely every day, all day is disrespecting authority. All that's I'm talking about the collective there. After lacking fathers' examples, that's what's happening. That's why they're doing that because of strong lack of strong fathers to guide them. That's the truth. Seem like most are addicted to social media. I mean, my goodness, that's got to be one of the strongest ones on here. I mean, young people is glued to Facebook and all of these other my uh, MySpace and YouTube and Twitter, and that's all they're doing is posting, you know, the, following the Kardashians and a whole bunch of stuff that just don't really help them at all in this experience called life. I mean, addicted to social media. I went on to type, many can't seem to make it on their own as adults, as an adult. Rule most of their decisions. Then there are those who don't know who they are. And most talk to God, yet some doubt he even exists. Tonight we look to the Father for solutions, his universal laws, his spirit's wisdom, even common sense he gives, and more. Let's have a candid, candid discussion. I can read here. Let's have a candid conversation in efforts to help those we love. Tonight is about solutions. And, folks, there you have it. That is the goal of tonight. We can't fix everything in those two hours. But we darn sure can point our young people in a direction that will not fail them. And we're pointing our young people to the Father. He is real. He is powerful. He's the one that designed life. If there's anything wrong with a product, you know what everybody say. Go back to the manufacturer. Read instructions that come with the product. And that's what we're saying tonight. There are instructions that come with this product. There are instructions that come with life. There's instructions as far as why we go through the things we go through. No father is going to leave his children without instructions, else that would be child abuse. That would be child abuse, folks. And we're not into that. Take a little short break. Take a little short break, and when we come back, We'll bring on the guests that are here in the house. A lot of them, a lot of the people I invited, just so y'all know, are very busy, and uh, it was a sacrifice to even get them to come on. And so a lot, some of them are running late tonight. But if they're in the house, we'll bring them on after the short break. But we got to take a little short break here, and family, we're gonna come back swinging again tonight. Is about solutions. We'll be right back, family.
groove line. Back then, songs was much more cleaner, didn't cause decay, and every once in a while, you can learn something from some of those secular songs, and that one was just saying, you know, we're just grooving, just dancing, nothing else, folks. Anyway, a little old school for you. We'll play a little new school, but just a little something, something there for you. Again, you're listening to another episode by Five Smooth Song Station. Uh, tonight, tonight, we're talking about serious challenges with solutions facing young black America. My, my, my. And they have a lot facing them. They have, they have a lot coming at them. But before we do anything tonight, before I bring on any guests, any co-hosts that want to lay a foundation, I'm going to try my best just as fast as possible, but you got to be careful trying to talk to everybody because some people is not going where you're going. How can you help a man that's not lost? I'm reminded of the words of So General Truth that said she could have freed a whole lot more people. If she could have just convinced them they was a slave. So how are we going to help young people tonight if they don't even think they're in trouble? That's why we have invited young people to listen tonight. And this this link will be put, just like I said I was going to do with the one or the other one, in search strategic chat room. Uh, we'll put these links all over the place where young people can hear this. But a lot of young people to be very honest with you, family tonight, again, universal family, I'm talking about the human family tonight. A lot of young people don't want to come on shows like this because they already know that it's us older people and they already know how old they think that's what their mom and dad have been told. They don't want to hear it, some of them. So, you know, when you're young, you you, you know, the Bible talks about sin be, being good for a season. And they're going through that season where sin is good. I mean, they're enjoying uh, the, the strip club life. They're enjoying the, the same-sex uh, lifestyle. They're enjoying fast money. Those are out into that. Now, that's not everybody. I understand that. And those are not the only sins, by the way. Those are not the only things you can do wrong. So let's get that straight out. Again, this is not no show where we're looking down on anyone. A lot of your older people have as much drama and, and issues with sin and rebellion as do our young people. This is just a show, just a token of love, reaching out to young, the younger generation, hopefully offering wisdom uh, that's going to lead them and guide them into a more peaceful path. Longevity. Longevity is key. We've got to talk about things that promote life. we got to do things that keep us here longer in a more peaceful way because that's what we was created for. To worship the Father and the more who, who was made for peace. To, to, to worship this God, this Elohim, in peace and joy and in faith, not fear and worry and dread and uncertainty, and definitely not in deception and lies. So our young people, our young people, is in trouble tonight, folks. A lot of deception, a lot of lies, a lot of ignorance. And when you got those three, that triplet, Pain often follow that. Pain often follow that. It's nothing to play with when you're suffering because you just don't know. The Bible says it very clearly. My people perish for lacking 
knowledge. Don't think ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I don't know who ever formed that, but I don't know about that one. People are dying because they don't know. People live short lives because they don't know. But like the scriptures say, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it is so true, Hosea 4 and 6, as your first scripture for the night, young people. So I want to lay this foundation really briefly. Number one is, where are we going? We have got to agree on where we're going. What, what 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 does it look like when we get there? What is this show trying to point? What direction is this show trying to point our young people? <laughs> Where are we trying to get them to go? We're trying to get them to go to green pastures, to a more easier life, to a life that was going to make them happy, to a life that's going to bring them peace, a life that's going to help them hopefully to have faith in the Father. And again, us older people that may be doing the show tonight, we've invited some young people, we'll see. I'm telling you folks, they don't want to come on shows like this, most of them, because they already know what we're going to say, and they're rebelling right now against what we're saying. So why would they put themselves in the, you know, on a show uh, with a whole bunch of people that they know that they're going to disagree with for now? But anyway, they've been invited. And if nothing else, like I said, this link is going to go on several venues where young people are collaborating on these various topics. So where are we going tonight? Where are we trying to get our young people to go tonight? Where are we going as a human species? We're looking for long life. We're looking for for belief systems and, 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 and ways and, and customs and traditions that we can employ that would change our life, that would bring us to a place of peace and joy and happiness. This is what it's all about. It's what all them buying cars and houses and, and trying to keep. This is what it's all about, to just be happy. Some of us it has squeezed in another when they want to be accepted, but I don't know if that should be in there. It's not about being accepted because if people are ungodly, they will never accept the godly. The godly will never accept the ungodly. The ungodly will never accept the godly. There's always going to be that clash with these kingdoms. So that should be a part. We should be. We should seek to, again, here's the destination, here's the things we're seeking for, here's the things we're pushing for, here's what tonight's show is all about, it's where we're trying to get our young people. This is the destination we're talking about tonight, getting them into a Life full of longevity. They're dying too early. Too early. Our young people dying too early. We're trying to get them in a lifestyle where they're living longer. Life expectancy longer. Prolonged life. But not just misery, but life full of health. Wealth, yes, wealth. I'm not talking about this crazy stuff they're talking about, money, just quick money, quick money. But, yes, the Father is about wealth. He has always been. He is not the author of poverty, never have been. God is the God of more than enough. All this stuff is his anyway. So tonight's show is to get our young people to, number one, buy into the destination that we're talking about because some of them, they don't care if they live long. 
We're saying, no, you need to care, and you need to live long. They don't want to live long because a lot of them is in a lot of pain. Well, what if there was no pain? Then they would want to live longer. So this is what we're talking about tonight. We're trying to get our young people out of the pain, out of the suicide type of mentality, not necessarily suicide like I'm going to kill myself tonight, but a suicide kind of lifestyle. I don't give a you-know-what they say all the time. So we're trying to get them into a life full of longevity, a life full of peace, a life full of joy, a life full of happiness, a life full of contentment, a a peace in knowing that they're okay with the Father, uh, into a a proper, a more healthy relationship with the Most High, which is the most important thing. This is the most important thing, trying to get them into a relationship with the Creator. This, this family and friends is the most important thing we're trying to do tonight. But I don't want to get too super spiritual here and scare off everybody, but that is really what we're all about on this show. Really, with Five Smooth Stones, is trying to bring humanity into a closer walk with the Father. Even with our family show, the Douglas Kennedy, that is the same thing we're trying to do on that show. That's the underlying effort of all programming out of Five Smooth Stones. And what is Five Smooth Stones, by the way, just in 10 seconds? It's 10 topics, excuse me, it's five topics that I, I tend to lean on more than any other topic. I talk about maybe 200 topics, but the things I talk about the most are those five topics. We'll get into that now. Y'all have to just tune in later for that. But tonight, we just want to lay a foundation, and we're doing a good job here. Again, I bring on my co-hosts and hosts and other people that's going to be sharing later. But right now, I've got to lay this foundation. we got to be going to the same direction. we got to be wanting the same things in life. we got to be headed into a common place. So tonight, we're trying to get our young people to head towards longevity, head towards a relationship with the Father, head towards peace. You know, we're trying to get them to be better fathers and mothers, but that comes through feeling good about yourself. You can't be a good father or mother if you don't love yourself or you're not trying to have longevity in your life. You don't care about life. You, you're living life in, in, like I call it, like a suicidal mentality. It's destructive, self-destructing all the way around, Okay. I read earlier the topics we're going to be talking about. I'm not going to read them again. I'll probably do a little later on. But many of you heard all of those topics that we're going to be talking about tonight. And we're going to hit them. But uh, we got to lay this foundation, folks. You'll see what I mean by the foundation. Because if we don't get our young people to understand that they're in trouble, what are you talking about, Seth? You know, what are you talking about, co-hosts, if they don't even know or believe they're in trouble? The second foundation I want to lay is now that we we are, have hopefully agree that life would be better if it was full of longevity. I'm sure no young person would disagree with that, that if you could live a long, happy, joy-filled, prosperous life, every single one of them would pick that. So this is what we're about tonight, and how do we get there? What's the map? Let's see if we can agree on this map, what we're going to use as a tool to get us there. I mean, this map we got to consult daily, daily, and that is the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. And the other map that's more even sure than the Scriptures is the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Father, like the book of Acts talks about it, Acts 2, he sent his Holy Spirit, folks, 
He loved us so much. And this is true. This is the truth. He sent his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. That's what the Bible says. He sent his Holy Spirit. He sent. Do you believe it? He sent his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all truth. That's what the Father did, and that's what any father would do, lead and guide us into all truth. That's John 16 and 13. As you go to your second scripture for tonight, John 16 and 13 talks about the work of the Spirit, how he was sent here to lead and guide us into all truth. Young people, a lot of you have questions about what is truth. What is truth? You really don't have a clue. You're going by pop culture. You're going by things that are popular. What everybody else is doing, that's the rule of the day. And you're lining your life up. You're lining your, your everyday schedules up, even what you call fun by what the masses are doing. That's called popular culture or pop culture. But the Scripture says it like this, that the Holy Spirit, John 16 and 13, will lead and guide us into all truth. All truth. So that's the authority, the biggest authority, the, the biggest, the most accurate uh, thing on this planet to lead and guide us into truth is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, I know a lot of you say, well, how do I hear from the Holy Spirit? How do I know his voice? How do I know his voice? And this is something, if we don't lay this foundation, we might as well not even have this show tonight because some people... <laughs> You're talking about this God. They can't see him. They never saw him. And you're talking about listening to him and being guided by him. And you heard Ricky last week, and hopefully Ricky will be in here in the house tonight. Uh, but he talked very, he was very honest and very upfront. Like, And he said something most of us say, if you be honest. Everybody has asked, how do you hear God? He didn't, he didn't hear me. He didn't respond. Well, the Bible says it like this. And I want y'all to really listen to this scripture. Check this out. Again, we're going to use this Bible as our source for truth as well as the Spirit. Somebody asked the question, when will we find, when will we find the Lord? When will we find the Father? When will we find Him? When will we get to hear Him? When will we know Him? And it says, when you seek Him with all your heart. That's when you find him. This is not some little genie. This is the most high that created all of us. He is real. Excuse me. He is real. He is powerful. And the reason why many of us don't know that and don't believe that is because we are what they call distracted by everything. We we just distracted folks. It's just no other way to put it. Jeremiah the book of Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29 13 says, You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You sought him, but did you seek him with all your heart? If you be honest, most people will say, yeah, I prayed, you know, but did you seek him with all your heart? I have to say, family, universal family, if when I prayed, there's, there's several kinds of prayers. But when 
you pray that prayer with all your heart, when you, you know, it's one thing asking God to help you get this parking space. It's another thing if somebody say you, you've been, you've been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Them are two different prayers. Well, when you pray like your life depends upon it, with your heart in your hand and you're humble, you know, you're approaching the Father as though He is that, the Almighty, and you're humble and you're serious. I mean, as they come, again, like as if your life depend upon it. This is seeking Him with all your heart, and this is when you will hear from Him. But hearing from Him again, folks, we have to be in a quiet place. I'm not talking about literally noise, but I mean in your spirit. Millions of people are not dumb. Millions of people are not wrong. Millions of people are not emotional that talk about this still, small voice. It's one of the most popular topics on the planet. It's one of the most talked about things on the planet. The still, small voice. And I just believe that that voice is the Father. Now, I know a lot of times we're talking to ourselves, but when you get wisdom out of a place that you know that you didn't think of, when you're seeking Him with all your heart, that is the Father talking to you. So tonight... Our destination for young people is to get them out of this decadent lifestyle where they're dying before their time, where they're, they don't have the joy, they don't have the peace. <laughs> Our goal is to get them into a place where they can hear the Father, where they can enjoy longevity, live a long life full of peace and joy. This is the destination. This is where we're trying to get our young people. This is where I want to get my, my children even into a place where they can enjoy longevity, where they can have the joy, the peace, the happiness. The Bible calls it, here's your third scripture. Again, the word of God or the scriptures of the Bible will be our foundation for sure because it has been a, a book proven uh, over time by millions if not billions it's the most solid teaching we have on the planet I'm going to say it again it's the most solid teaching about the human experience we have on the planet and that is the truth so we seek this thing called the fruit of the spirit that's what life is all about, folks. You, I don't care what folks is talking about. They might be talking about yachts and, and jets and, 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 you know, trips and seeing the world. No matter what they're talking about, it's always going to come back to Genesis, excuse me, Galatians 5 and 23, where it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, which are love. Everybody is spending trillions of dollars. The planet, and I do mean trillions of dollars, is spent on folks just trying to be loved. From outfits they buy to where they live to careers, they all are trying to be accepted. Being accepted is a form of love, young people. I'm going to say it again. Being accepted is a form of love. They're looking for joy. Oh, my God. Who is not looking for joy? Joy is 
is this is the joy and then peace. These are better than happy. Happy is some this is a new word. It's really joy, this inner thing we have just that makes us just bubbling. Peace. This is this is that strange peace. The Bible says the peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> peace, peace. Sometimes people have it in the middle of a storm. Peace. This is what I want for my family. Love, joy, peace. That peace. Everybody is spending billions of dollars to just have that health. That's they're seeking peace. Peace in your body. Peace in your mind. Peace. Just at peace with themselves and with their God and with their neighbor. That is a very expensive commodity on the planet. All this stuff you see, taste, touch, and smell, family, is about love, joy, and peace. Then long-suffering is another fruit of the Spirit. Now, what do you mean by fruit of the Spirit? All that mumbo-jumbo stuff. What do you mean fruit of the Spirit? The Spirit, when it dominates your life, as we submit to the Father, as I was talking about earlier, in Jeremiah, where it says, when you're seeking with all your heart, you're on your face, so to speak, not necessarily literally, but not excluding it either, but in your heart, you're on your face, worshiping and acknowledging this most high. When you seek him with all your heart, and you believe in the scriptures, and you allow the spirit of the Father to dominate your life, these are the characteristics of a life driven by that spirit. Love, joy, peace, and here's another one, long-suffering, the ability to just be to stand in hard times, call it long-suffering, to be able to just suffer. I'm not talking about ungodly suffering. I'm talking about those things in life we have to go through, funerals. You know, when when when, when things come, that's a part of life. When you do live a good life, the, the hard times that come, when you are living a good life, when you're doing what you need to do, and certain things that just happen like death comes, the spirit kicks in and you have this ability to suffer long and not be destroyed. It's, it's, people need this. Oh, my goodness. Folks just don't have strength. These days, they look like they're okay, but they're not okay. Some of them are walking around basically clinically insane. They, they just can't handle what they're going through. Well, long-suffering gives you the ability to just stand in there. Here's another gift for the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, fruit of the Spirit, characteristics of, of the Spirit-filled life, gentleness. Just being gentle and not uh, 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 aggressive and just having a gentle spirit. You know, don't, don't everybody prefer to be around folks that are gentle? Of course. And then here's another one, speeding it up, goodness. Just doing things the right way, goodness. Just when the spirit dominates this person's life, they're about things that are good. I mean, I can talk about that one for the next 20 years. And then faith. Oh, my goodness. Probably some want that one more than all of them because we ought to live our life full of fear, doubt, uncertainty, worry. But when you have faith, it's just like a child. You just trust daddy is going to do right by you. <laughs> wow. Folks, i got to just make one little adjustment. I want to take a little short break, and I want to play something that talks about this spirit. That dominates our life. I don't like the word dominate, but what what I mean is you submit to the spirit, and it, it, it rules your life. So if some of you like the word rule, but fine. 
when you submit to the Father, His Spirit was sent to this earth to rule our lives. And those things I just read are the characteristics or the fruit of the Spirit. Here's a song talking a little bit about that, and we'll be right back, folks. It's coming up here. Love all my enemies, yes it does. And it makes me 
And that's the question a lot of people ask, you know, when they are new to this thing. What is this? You know, that song is really based on reality. A lot of young people and older people come to the Lord and and, and, and it leads and guides them. The Spirit leads and guides them and, and it energizes them. And sometimes before they learn any of those scriptures I named earlier, I mentioned earlier, and they do say, what is this? So anyway, folks, that's about a Hawkins family. I like that song. Love that song. Having no trouble getting the guests on, uh, and probably anybody to try to comment tonight. So don't know. I may have to just think by myself. We'll see if we can fix it. So I may take a break here and there and see if we got it uh, fixed. But I'm having trouble getting people on the phone line. And then I had one guest, Ricky, had an emergency. Not going to be able to attend tonight. So he had a, a family emergency. He had to, to. He had to. Didn't want to, but he had to cancel and not show. So anyway, the other gentleman uh, having issues, uh, the other issue, other brothers are having issues calling the show. So um, we're going to keep ticking, folks. We're just going to keep on moving right along, and I'll try to bring them on a little later on. But so, so far we've laid a foundation. So far we've laid a foundation as far as where we're we going. Young people have to understand a lot of them are just not going the same direction. A lot of them not plan on living long. Well, we're not trying to go there, but they are. They don't plan on living long. They don't see themselves living outside of, they don't, see them, they don't even see themselves, some of them, making it to 40. So we got to change that. That's the purpose of this show, to see that that's a lot strictly enemy, that you can live a long life. You, if you can change your ways and if you can, you know, how bad do you want those friends you got, you know, and, and, and so they can make some changes, of course, they can live past 40, even 50, even 60, so maybe live to be 100. So that's the first thing. we got to get the destination right, because where we're trying to head is uh, some of us older people, we, are, we have goals of, of seeing ourselves live a long life. I mean, that's just the way a lot of us do, especially those of us that fear the most high. Now, um, that's just where we're at. I mean, how, how clear can I make it? We a lot of us go to doctors and take care of ourselves, and and we eat, try to eat right, and we do. We're planning on and goals are to try to live as long as we can. Whereas a lot of young people, they see themselves dying, be, you know, because of gunfire, this, that, and the other. And they just see themselves not living very long. I'm just being keeping it real, folks. And so we say to those young people, folks, y'all have got to. Uh, Consider the ways of the scriptures. The Bible talks about longevity. It is a promise. It is yours. It is something you can have, you can own. It is a right of yours. Longevity. Our bodies was made to live forever and ever and ever. But when Adam fell, we start living a lot less. And uh, now it said 120 years. That's what the scripture talks about. It's our what we've been promised. So, folks, you can live to see 120. Okay, it's just that simple. But we've got to do things God's way. We have to see things God's way. We have to do things. We can't. We have to use our bodies the way the manufacturer has designed us to. And that's what this show is all about tonight. Getting our young people to to first of all, we have to agree on the same destination. Are you trying to live a long life? Are you trying to live a peaceful life? Are you trying to live a life full of joy? And are you trying to live a life where you're being strong, as we call it, a long suffering, being able to take those blows that life is gonna deal, even if you do everything right. There's some things that's gonna come, some things that just going to come with living, but with long suffering, which is a characteristic 
of a spirit-filled life, you can stand when you have long-suffering. This is a destination. We're trying to get our young people to see where we're going tonight. So these are our destinations, okay? And I'm going to keep saying over and over and over so we'll, we'll know where we're headed with this show. We're not just having a show where we're trying to get our young people on the same level, same mindset. And then the scriptures, we're going to refer to the scriptures a lot tonight, so get your pencils and pens and the Bibles ready. I know you, some of y'all may not do the Bible thing, but at least get your phones out, young people, and, and, and Google these scriptures and, and read it for yourself. Okay, now we've had several people to come in the house on the phone lines, and so what I like to do really briefly, because I've already read this, but I want cause some a lot of our people on the phone lines have already heard this, and it's not fair for them to hear this again. But uh, I just want everybody to know what we're talking about. So I just want to go through really quickly some of the things that are facing our young people. And remember, this is part three of, uh, of uh, there was a part one, a part two, and a part three. Some of these was covered in part one and two. Some will be covered tonight in part three. But here's some of the things facing our young people. I uh, typed this early, sent it out to everybody. Many young black America feels it's them against the world. Some feel there is never enough money and seek happiness from it alone. Fast money versus natural money. Others don't trust the church, the church because of the state of African Americans. While there is over 12,000 career paths, many pursue only rapping and careers in music. Thousands of young ladies nationwide choose stripping to make a living. Ex-felons find it nearly impossible to assimilate back into society. Then too many think America is cursed and is doomed, so why should they even think long-term? Others wonder why they keep attracting fake friends and they don't trust anyone. That is serious, serious, serious right there, folks. A lot of young people just feel uncertain about their friends. Can you imagine that? The people that are around you, you just can't trust nobody, they say. And they really don't trust them. Okay? Young adults giving up because of racism. I mean, us older people is always talking about racism. I know I am. And a lot of young people just can't handle it. But, I mean, what you, going, you can't just ignore what's really real. They just need the father in their life to help them have that long suffering to stand up to uh, these different things. But you can't ignore you can't ignore <laughs> racism. So a lot of young people have given up because of racism. My, my, my. Then thousands of single African-American women are drained, being pulled all directions by daycare, demanding jobs, and dads missing. Our men disrespect authority 24-7, uh, after lacking father guidance, pretty much. Seem like most are addicted to social media. This is major, be it young people, old people. It's everybody is looking at their phone like zombies walking around. And then some of them, it's nothing wrong if you're on, on social media doing the right thing. 
But when you're on social media acting a fool, posting all kind of crazy stuff, and this is what they are addicted to, for real, for real, Twitter, YouTube, MySpace, Facebook, this is where our young people's mind is locked and loaded. Many can't seem to make it on their own as a adult. That's the sad truth. They just they can't seem to just do their own thing without their parents helping them and you know, they just can't function as adults on their own. Pop culture, popular culture, whatever's popular, the Kardashians or whatever's popular, Kanye, whatever's popular is what rule most of their decisions. What they wear, where they go hang, what they do in their spare time, people are doing what is popular. If that ain't a major one on here, I don't know what it is. Then there are those who don't know who they are. They really don't know who they are. Last one I typed was, and most talk to God. Most of our precious, brilliant young people. And I say brilliant because of the potential to be brilliant. I do believe it's there. They talk to the Father. They pray. But then some of them doubt he even exists. Well, let's do this. Let me go ahead and go to the phone lines and then bring on uh, one of our co-hosts. Let's see here. Eric, I'm going to get through here. Uh, here's a little noise uh, in the background. Eric, If you can turn that down, I can bring you on. 817-918. Go ahead. You're on the air. Who am I speaking with? Hey, brother. Seth, Shalom. Well, Shalom. Peace, brother. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Been a little busy. Uh, family trying to get some things taken care of here, but uh, I'm doing good. Hope everyone's well. Well, yeah, and I've already laid the foundation, brother. You're coming on just in time. Uh, had some issues with the other brothers getting through. One of them had emergency. Ricky had emergency and will not definitely be on the show tonight. He had an emergency for real. But Purcell has been having a hard time getting uh, getting through to him. So I want to go ahead and let you just let you just go ahead and address the people. Let everybody know who you are, how to get a hold of you after the show, just in case we forget that. If you could, please let them know who you are, a bio who you are, because some people listen to part three and they listen to part two and one. So do a good justice uh, with the bio and how to get a hold of you. And I know y'all about to start of Israel now again. That's very important. Go ahead, and while you're doing that bio, I'm going to reach out to Purcell again and try to call him on my number and see if I can get him in. He's been having a hard time, okay? Okay. Uh, all right, well, go right everyone, ahead. First of all, First of all, good evening. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, again, pleased that there are those of you who have called in and those of you who have signed in and have um, allotted this time to um, indulge us in the things that we have to say. Uh, first of all, I thank, for the most part, those who do know. My name is Ellie Shua Ellison. I am on Facebook, uh, Ellie Shua Israel Ellison. Uh, the... Uh, Broad Talk radio broadcast that we will be doing every Sunday evening at 6.30 Central Time. All you have to do is go to blogtalk.com and just put in Israel Now. And you can do that either through the um, Internet or if not, if you pull that up, they will give you a number that you can call in just as well as you're calling in this evening. Uh, As for me, I always like to put this disclaimer that I'm not here to represent myself or my opinion. 
Uh, I'm an ambassador, representative of the kingdom of God, of Christ. And anything that I say, I try to keep it in line with that. Uh, I always say that what men say is of no consequence. Um, men have tried and failed. All the things that, you know, Brother Seth has laid out thus far in the show, detailing and highlighting the problems that uh, we as black people are belabored be, be with and have been for basically our whole sojourn here on this western shore. And we have many, many agencies, many entities, many different people from all walks of life who have tried to address the problems that affect African Americans. And to this day, after 200, after over 300 years of attempting, it seems that we deal with some of the same racism that our forefathers dealt with. Uh, we deal with some yep. of the same injustices that our forefathers dealt with. So even though people say that there's been a great deal of change, I, I myself see it from a different angle. I think that there has been a lot of progress. We have had those pioneers who have come before us and who have laid the groundwork. And one of the sad things about this generation is they despise those who have come before them. And I think that one of the things that we have to deal with and acknowledge is that when we talk about the youth, never ever forget this, they are our children. They are our seed. And we must bear a great deal of responsibility for what we have brought forth and what we've developed. Because what it is is that a generation prior to us, and I'm speaking of my mother's generation, their whole intent was to get acceptance into society so that they could That's draw true. the same benefits from this culture that everybody else did. And as we read the scripture, we will find out that whenever Israel got the things that they wanted, when they were able to accomplish some sense of, of victory, they fell back into apostasy. And just as we, as Brother Seth said earlier, he talked about this generation not being able to fend for themselves and support themselves. Well, here's the thing. A lot of us have tried to save our children from hardship and from difficulty and the things that are necessary that help mold you and mature you into life. And many times when we try to protect them, sometimes, you know, first of all, we need to give them the tools that they need to be able to be successful in life. And we need to be responsible and accountable for that. But at the same time, we need to understand <clears throat> that the, the life and the world, the society, the culture that we live in, we have created that. Because what we did is around about the 60s, uh, the generation prior to this generation, we started putting emphasis that all we needed in order to become liberated was money. <laughs> well, I dare say that I dare say that we took our eyes off of the dignity in, of, of fighting for dignity, for fighting for justice, for fighting for equality. And we took our eyes off of that, and we put most of our emphasis on what means and what measures and we take to make money. So now we have a generation who have been unparented, and now they're coming up, and their orientation is the same as that of the popular society, greed. And the Bible clearly says that when a slave takes power, it's a terrible thing because you have not been developed and matured to the point to understand how to utilize power. And the simple reason is, again, as we tried to protect them. My grandmother used to always say, <laughs> you know, it's real simple. She said, son, nothing in this world that you get in life that will have meaning will come easy. She says, it's what gives it meaning is the struggle that you must put forth to get it. That's what gives it meaning and significance. That's what gives value. So with that said, Brother Seth, I give it back over to your hands. <clears throat> 
What's that? I did I'm here. It. I'm here. My bad. I had my little mute button push. Uh, thank you for those words, uh, Elishua. You, you kind of nailed that. And uh, I'm going to pick up where he left off. He's, I'm just going to continue. I'm not going to even backtrack or nothing. That was really good. So having said that, I want to lay a little bit more of a foundation, and then we're going to get into the to the to the things. I know y'all saying, "Come on, get into the." I want to know. I mean, about those things you read, we'll talk about them. But I just got to say this: sin come to kill, steal, and destroy. Sin, sin, sin. Things that are against the scriptures. Sin. What a lot of us older people is doing too. All sin come to kill, steal, and destroy. Our goal is to get our young people to understand some of what they're doing is sin. Sin. If they can just see that it is wrong and against God's word, I got a feeling they're brilliant enough to make the change or to start down uh, rehabilitation way, so to speak. One of my goals is to be a light, to just shed light on not conviction, not trying to um, condemn. I meant to say condemnation. I'm not trying to condemn them, but just to shed light, like the scripture do. It'll say. It, it'll 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 share it'll show us how to not kill ourselves, how not to hamper our life or dampen our life or or or, or, or dull our life, whatever we're trying to look for. We, as long as we're operating in sin, it's gonna be, as the Bible says, it comes to kill, steal, destroy. It says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Folks, if you didn't get nothing out of what I'm saying tonight and what Brother Ellis should tonight, all we're trying to do is just help our people not to go down the wrong route. He's going to hit on the church a lot tonight. You're going to hear a lot about that tonight. But, again, it's either sin in the church where they're not helping the young people or sin by the young people themselves where they can't live life to its fullest. We have got to stop sinning and not have a relationship with the Father is that's a part of it. That's what sinning is all about, now walking with the Father. So the show, the show, the show's purpose, one of the main purpose, the goal is, is to expose sin and its effects, be it in the church or in the lives of our young people. Share what is working, what is the solution. Uh, uh, again, with promoting tonight longevity, with promoting we're promoting tonight peace, that peace, that peace. Now, do we always walk in all this stuff we're talking about? No, are you kidding? We have to daily do things ourselves, LSU and I, and any other guests that may be able to come on tonight. We have to continue to die daily, else we will live a life just like our young people, without peace, without joy, without longevity, dying too early, sickness, disease, poverty, all these things that the enemy comes to bring us. We will suffer that as well if we're not obedient to the Most High. Our Father is not a God of poverty, young people, so y'all ain't got to worry. It ain't about no vile poverty like the Catholics talk about. He just ain't on no bling, bling, all this, letting the the West define what is wealth and all this stuff. But the father always want, like any father will want for his children, to 
to have a place to stay, food to eat, clothes in your bag, and a way to just live and thrive on this planet. We just got to throw away these false standards that the world is putting out there on commercials and stuff. That's what's tripping us up and causing us to die early and causing us not to have joy and peace. And as I mentioned earlier, long suffering, the ability to just stand and go through some things that life is going to dish at you whether you're living right or not. So tonight, I got to say it one more time. We want to shed light on what the Father wants. It's all about the Father tonight, really, walking with him, pleasing him, that he may bless us. He may bless us with longevity, bless us with the peace, the joy. But not to just worship him for the sake of getting these these blessings, but just worship him because of who he is and the, and the fact that he chose us and the fact that he made us. Just love him for being a father like children do. They don't always love their father for what he do. They just love him because of who he is. They may, as babies, love him because of what he do. But at some point in your relationship with your father, you should love your father just because he's your father. So there's that love you have, and then you also love him for what he do also. So we're just promoting life. When we start talking about strip clubs, and we start talking about homosexuality, we start talking about all these things, and we're going to be stepping on a lot of y'all's feet. Just know we love you, the person. There's no fuss on that. We love you, the person, for sure. We all are sold out on that. But we are talking about decadent things that are destroying life. And as the scripture says, the thief come but to kill, sin, and destroy. We're trying to steal and to kill and to destroy. And when the brother LSU attacked the church, he's probably going to hit it really hard. Some of y'all church folk may feel your toes get stepped on. He love you. He love you. It's just the church is the biggest they are the biggest stumbling block to our people, always have been, because why? They house the biggest solution. These folks represent, are supposed to represent the creator. So they have the most resources, financially speaking. They have the most bodies. Everybody is a part or want to be a part or go to some church. I'm talking about the physical church right now, the the the, 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 the temples. They're going to the temple by the millions. They're putting their money there by the millions. So the church is the most powerful institution on the planet, physically, financially, and spiritually, if it functions like it's supposed to. So it's no wonder this brother attacking as hard as he do, because this is the biggest stumbling block to our people. I remember my Aunt Robbie one time, I told her that, and I don't know if Aunt Robbie, she kind of had issues with it, but I think she began to see what I was saying, not to put her out there, because she's smart, probably no circles around me. But I told Aunt Robbie, I said, Aunt Robbie, she was saying, I don't like how you talk about the church because I'm a part of that church. I'm a minister of that church. And I let her know, yeah, I am too, Aunt Robbie, and I respect its authority. But they are the biggest stumbling block to our people because that's the hospital. That's where you go when you're broken. And if you go there and, and they don't fix you, they don't give you what's properly yours, that makes them the most damnable, most wicked institution on the planet. And I think she understood it when I put it like that. But I'm, we're not just out bashing it. Again, you heard me say it's the most powerful institution. So having said that, I think I laid a pretty enough foundation. We may revisit it. I want to, uh, Brother LSU, put you on spot and talk about the very first thing we have on our list here to talk about. What do you think of black America feeling it's them against the world in 
let's say five minutes. I want you to just address that. If it's less than five, even that's even good because we got literally twenty issues to talk about, and it ain't gonna take long because we're gonna talk about some solution as well. So I say about three minutes, three or four minutes. Me against the world. Well, uh, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> it's the title of one of my favorite songs by Tupac, <laughs> Me Against the World. Uh, <clears throat> and the introduction of that particular song, in many ways, uh, reflects how a lot of people feel about the world that they have inhabited, that they have inherited from the prior generation, and he begins the song with F the world. I woke up screaming F the world. And a lot of people feel that way because they feel like, you know, I was thinking when you were speaking, I thought about the world that I grew up in as a child and how that in one generation, in the last 20 years, this world, the society and the culture we lived in has changed so drastically and dramatically that for the most part, it's really difficult for people to keep up. And I remember literally when homosexuality in the black community was something that was frowned upon. And now we're some of the greatest advocates of homosexuality. And I think a great deal of that comes because of the fact that we have incorporated and we have, in a sense, uh, taken up on the values of those who have oppressed us. Uh, America was rooted and founded in greed. That's what sustained it for 200, 200 basically three, almost 300 years. And as far as black people, that this great country that we live in was built upon our backs. It was built with our blood. It was built with our very lives. And so now you got a generation of people who said, whose parents are telling them, well, honey, just work hard and, you know, get an education and work hard. And while you want out of life, you're getting, you can get anything you want, accomplish anything you want, and you'll be treated equally. But when they go out into the real world, they know that's not so. And so, you know, literally, we're trying to give our people the same values that our oppressors get, have, have, that literally were responsible for us being brought into captivity and become slaves in this nation. And so, yeah, they're looking at it and they're saying, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's me against the world. You know, hey, I got to do my thing because y'all don't care. You know, and all they're doing is living out prophecy because the word clearly says that in those days that the love of many will wax cold and your enemies many times will be those of your own household. So yeah, it's me against the world, but it ain't say just that black again. people. Say that one again. Say that one again. A lot of it's people don't believe that. Say that one again. Yeah, it's in the, it's clearly it's in Matthew. Matthew 24. I'm looking at the chapter right now because it's something that I'm going to go into later, but the scripture clearly says that in the last days it says that the love of many would wax cold. And that the enemies, your enemies, will be that those of your own household. Now, the fact of the matter is that who is he talking to? That's extremely significant. He's talking to Israel, and he's telling Israel that your enemies will be those of your own household. And the fact is that how do people live in the same household and become enemies? It's easy. It's either because of some and that's outside. Matthew 10 and 36, folks. That's Matthew 10 and 36. Just so y'all know, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So the only way you become enemies is, is through the involvement of an external force, outside force. Either something happens in your thinking, one person goes one direction in their thinking, and the other person goes another direction in their thinking. So because of the philosophies and the things that they believe, what happens? They end up becoming enemies. <laughs> so again, okay, and and so again, okay. that that that's it. That's me against the world. That's how I think that they have come to that conclusion. 
because in a simple foot, they feel like, hey, just like Martin Luther King told America, we sold them a bill of goods. Wow. But have not wow. come through. Well, well, and I want to just chime in, too. I'm going to try to, uh, when Brother LSU is going to take the main, uh, when I ask him a question, I'll just add a little, and then when I answer a question, he can just add a little as well. That's what we'll do. So that, he handled that, the bulk of that. But I want to also say this about me against the world. It's a lie from the enemy, and be very careful with it. It's not you against the world. It's never been you against the world, uh, family and friends, listening, young people, especially tonight. If you look around, there's people that's helping you. You're just not acknowledging them because a lot of time narcissism get in there, and you start pain. You you go through some real live rejection by society, like Brother Elisha said, by the church. You go through some real stuff, and you get angry, and then you do mm-hmm. something that we call sinning. You start getting into self. You get selfish, and you still, when you when you buy into the whole me me me. And that wound, that pain, if you don't deal with pain right, it can cause you to start making some bad decisions or sinning. So when you get into narcissism, you're in the sinning. It's a worship of self. And it's all about you, all about you, all about you. And all the time, people are helping you, reaching out to you. Families are trying to call you. Good friends are trying to reach you. And you just can't see them. It's never us, you against the world. Never. Even in your lonely moments. You go to Walmart. Strangers are saying things to you, reaching out to you, trying to help you. You just can't see them You're in that world. So it's never me against where it may feel like it. I understand what Tupac was saying. It may feel like it. But oftentimes when you're going through stuff as a people, we band together. And so there's black people sometimes reaching out to black people in pain, you know. It's never you against the world. That's an illusion. It just seemed like that. Think about it. If you was against the world, I mean, every neighbor, all your neighbor, all your relatives, everybody just constantly can be known, you wouldn't last a day. Nobody would last one 24-hour session if it was truly you against the world. So thank you, Brother LSU, for saying that. Hopefully y'all learned some more from one of our um, addresses on that. I want to go to the next thing. Some feel... Some feel, brother, I'll try to let you run with this one as well. Not a problem. I don't mind. You can just be the man tonight because, again, Ricky had an emergency and a person having trouble getting to his line. He had problems with his phone last week, so I don't know. We may not be able to get percent because of this phone line thing. Many young black Americans feel, I mean, excuse me, some feel they never, ever, Some feel there's never enough money, and they seek happiness from it alone. That's kind of twofold. So, number one, they feel like there's never enough money. Why don't you address that in three minutes? And I mean three, give me your best three minutes on that, and then I'm going to talk about for three minutes this whole happiness from money alone. It's major. Well, uh, yeah, I would say in regard to that, that's not anything – it's unexpected, not surprising. Um, when you live in a, again, in a society, in a culture, and you look at TV, and everything is about get, 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 get. And we have values oriented in materialism and greed. There's nothing surprising to me that you would have young people who would come up and who would emulate that and who would desire to possess those very things. 
I mean, it's in the movies, it's in everything. And it's not something new. It's not a new phenomenon. It has been the centerpiece of American culture since its existence. It's all Uh-oh. about that. <laughs> you know, so that, I mean, literally, that's why we're here. Isn't, it? isn't that why come we're on American soil? Because simply put, <clears throat> the law of the land, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, John Locke, uh, trustees on law, America, the development of American law. The law of the land was, as far as the free enterprise, the uh, free frontier, is that you could have as much land as you could literally, as you could, as you could, how could I put it, maintain and manage. If you couldn't maintain it, and if you couldn't ma- manage it and produce from it, you couldn't have it. So in other words, when the frontiers embarked upon the new land, the new frontier, the pioneers, then the law was you could possess as much land as you're able to manage and maintain and work. Well, simply put, Europeans were not cut out for that type of labor. They were not an agriculture people. So what did they they need? They went and got slaves. But what was the core value that prompted that? Greed. And then we wonder, and the fact of the matter is, is that many of the major cities in America were built by the money that came from the mafia. Miami is one. So when you build empires based upon greed, and uh, you know whether you're selling a TV or whether you're selling alcohol, then what would you not expect from the citizens living within that society, regardless of whether they're selling drugs or whether they're selling Chevrolet? It's all about the pursuit of the almighty dollar. It's written within the the fabric of the content of the of the very document that we've declared independent, that all men have the uh-huh. right to the pursuit of happiness. Well, happiness right. is what happens to you. It's not an eternal thing based upon, like, spirituality. Happiness is based upon those exterior, external, temporal, material, physical things. Well, the only way you get them is you pursue them. And they pursued them by all means necessary, and now that value has been transcended into this particular generation. Likewise, the former generation, our parents, that's why they told us to get an education and to work hard. Not because we wanted to do things and do dignified and build up and strengthen our community as a whole. No, we wanted to like the white folks do. They got a 16-inch TV, I need a 16-inch TV. So why are we tripping over youngsters who now all that's being glorified in rap music and they're seeing it, so why are we tripping as they want? Again, values are not taught. You don't teach values when somebody gets 20 years old. You teach values when they're three and four years old. I, my whole family, as I shared with the, the, the audience last week, is that at one point, me and my whole family were homeless. That's where the values that we had instilled children, all of a sudden they came to the surface and they were tried, and our children came out remarkably well except They were the thing that stood out. They began to be a witness and a minister to the people that were there at the center. And now, what did it do? It built their faith in a, in, a, in a most high whom they couldn't see, but yet they could feel, but they saw his provision daily. Daily. When you don't know where you're going to sleep the next day and you're believing and trusting the most high and sometimes it's 7 o'clock in the evening and it's getting dark and you get that phone call from a friend or whoever and says, hey, somebody put me on your mind, I got you. You did this, Seth. <laughs> there was times where you said, look, man, you know, I ain't got much, but this is what I got. I need to do this to help you. Well, the thing is that when you were doing that, many times you were answering the prayers, not of me, but of my children. That's what taught them faith. 
So now they understand that the value in the content of a person is not because he drives a Bentley or a Benz. It's how he treats his fellow man. You got it, Seth. I was just saying, well put, well put. And I was, my bad. I, I'm, I'm using this new button. I probably need to not use it tonight because it's the second time I forgot to undo it. But anyway, no, you did very good on that. And matter of fact, you kind of, you answered my question about them seeking the wealth of itself by itself alone. Script, folks, it's very simple. I'm going to add to what the brother said because he did a good job. You know, I know he went way over three minutes, but that's okay. It's okay. Some y'all got to know we hit this brother long one, and so am I. First Timothy 6 and 10. First Timothy 6 and 10, I'll add to what he was saying. It kind of backs what he's saying. Love of money. It's not money. It's the love of money that make it the root, the root of all evil. Think about that for a second. There's a lot of evil. Just think a big old tree with a whole bunch of leaves millions of leaves and thousands of branches and then when you go all the way down to the root it's the love the love of money it's the root of all evil that is deep 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 here's another scripture for you we're going to get off that one the bible say love not the world neither the things the things that are in the world that's First John 2 and 15. Y'all got like seven scriptures so far. Not that I'm counting, but I am counting. I want y'all to know that tonight is scripture-based. We ain't guessing on the, on the line tonight. We're talking about proven solutions that have helped us over our lives. And, folks, our young people is in trouble. This is a very important show tonight. This is not just any old blog. There are young people that are trapped in the love of money. They live and they die by it. Those of you listening to the show tonight, and you're going to be blessed by it, we're, we're asking you to forward this link like we're going to do to different young people. If you're in chat rooms and they're talking about any of this, just forward the link because this is all sprinkled with love and respect for young people. You know, we ain't cussing every other word. You know, they don't mean because, you know, we ain't using profanity. We don't know what's going on. We know what's going on, all right? We done lived a few a few things. We done bumped our heads on a few things. And tonight, we're on this line sharing. This brother, LSU, y'all heard his testimony last night being incarcerated, came out strong. This is one of the smartest gentlemen I know on the planet. I'm serious. This brother right here can go, and I know he might be shocked I said that, but it's the truth. My favorite, one of my favorite voices of all time is Noam Chomsky. But there's something Noam Chomsky don't know the LSU know. I mean, this brother God is really blessed to me giving some wisdom. And so I'm just going to let him loose tonight. Okay, so we don't know what happened to the other brothers. I know the one had the emergency and then uh, Brother Purcell have issues with his phone line. So I'm going to let this rock wilder here at LSU and just do his thing tonight. So y'all going to get to see just how much the Father have blessed him uh, and bringing him out of, uh, out of, out of serious serious uh this as they say in the streets i ain't new to this i'm true to this well that's what he is rather i'll assure some of these things he ain't new to me too so there's somewhere where he missed up where he may not have walked down certain roads i walk down certain roads you know i might not have did this and that but i did sin is sin it ain't no big sins and little sins it's all 
Again, the scripture says that the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have been killed in some areas of my life. I've been stolen from, and I've definitely been destroyed. Years and years of mine destroyed because of sin. So he don't have no franchise on sinning with regards to myself. None of us do. Any of the hosts that may come on tonight, we have served Satan for sure. We have served for years our flesh for show, and we have got a testimony as to how evil the enemy is, how evil the flesh can be, and how good and how righteous the Most High is. And that's all we're doing tonight is just sharing what we know for sure as Oprah say. You're such and such years old. What do you know for sure tonight? We're talking about what we know for sure. So, LSU having said that I want to hit on something, and that is fast money versus the natural way. Fast money versus the natural way. I'm going to let you run a little bit. I'm going to, I am going to talk, folks. I just want him to run with the bulk of it right now. Again, fast money versus the natural way. People are saying, man, I ain't got time. I don't want to be on no job. They don't even care if the job pay $18 an hour or $20. They don't care. They want fast, big money. They want thousands a day. I'm serious. This is where our young people is at. Just go to Chicago. That's what's going on there. A lot of drug trafficking, a lot of people making some lot of money, but a lot of people dying. Ellen sure. let's try to do this for real. Let's stick to this in about four minutes. Fast money versus the natural way. Well, um, I like to deal with the motivations of why people do things. And uh, I had three, I only made three notes, four notes that I put down of issues I wanted to address, and this kind of goes to the root of it, and that is the need of all humanity, regardless of race, color, or creed, is that we all seek identity. We all need to live with a sense of purpose which gives meaning to life, and we all seek to be acknowledged for our existence. Well, here's the thing. The pursuit of money, the pursuit of riches, is an attempt in order to be acknowledged and to seek identity. That's why when we buy cars, we like to buy cars that are named brand, that are known, because cars are very much a thing that reflect our identity. And that's just one thing. And money, ill-gotten gain, money that is pursued through fast means is usually some form of illegal means. And it's real simple. You said it at the beginning of the show. The wages of sin is death. And so after you've gotten it, you look at people like Lil Wayne, Look at all these people, many people who have wealth, and they've got money that is fast. Because if you're in a rap game, you know, you have to put in your homework and, and, you know, do your little thing. But once you hit it, man, that money starts coming real fast. Just like athletes, that money starts coming real fast. And how many times do we hear people who literally, once they finish their careers, five, ten years, they're broke, gone bankrupt? It's real simple. Is that you cannot break the law of the creator of the universe. If you break that law, there are consequences and repercussions. And time and experience has shown me at 55 years of age that the law is un, it is nearly unmovable. That if, you, if he says, thou shall not steal, if he says, thou shall not covet, and you do those things in your pursuit of riches, you will not hold them long. And if you hold them, you will not hold them with a sense of peace and joy and contentment. Simply put, you won't have it because you didn't get it the way that it was intended to be gotten. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich, but it doesn't add sorrow to it. 
Ooh, I've seen the light. No, 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 no. After, now, you don't run by that one. That was yeah. major, folks. Say that slow. Yeah, it says the blessings of the Lord make it rich, but it adds no sorrow to it. And as a matter of fact, let me put a twist on that. There's many people in the ch- who are, and I, I have to make a distinction between church and Christianity, but I'll just say right now, I'll just use the word church. Who, through the so-called prosperity movement, that's what you were looking for. That's what you were pursuing. You were pursuing fast money. Because <laughs> basically, if it, for many of us, it was set up like a gambling scheme. You give, it should be given back to you. And they were trying to manipulate scripture, and the people who benefited were the people who were teaching and preaching it. But for the most part, the people who were giving there, out brother, money, you're going deep. Well, getting it. So, uh, simply, it comes back to the same thing. We live in a culture that was designed around greed. So it's not surprising that in every element, in every institution of the culture, there's a degree of it. We found it in the housing industry. We found it in the banking and loaning industry. All of those things came to point and, and went into debt and failed. Why? Because of greed. The center of greed basically is you want to pursue fast game. You want it. You got, you got to have it no matter, by any means necessary. And you just cannot live a life where you just basically continue to defraud people and think that there's going to be any good that's going to come to an end. I'm 55 years of age. A lot of people are idolizing. I'm watching the time set. I got 10 about 20 seconds. <laughs> Let's put it like this here. In the city of Fort Worth, over the last generation, there have been four or five major drug dealers. I can name their names because everybody knows them. Melvin, Robert, through other guys. While well, those guys are in prison, are right, dead because <laughs> they got ill got game and they bore the consequences of their pursuit of riches. Back to you, Seth. My time is up. Well, brother LSU, I was just li- I, I was just listening to you, man, and again, uh, I had you on hold there for a second, and uh, I want you to hit that a little bit by by, by what you just said about the, the, the blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. Hit that a little harder. I just think we need to hit that well, a little harder, please. The difference well, between a, wealth, is, okay? Yeah, because because what happens is that you, there's a contentment with it. Is that when when the Most High blesses you, there's no regret to it. You know that you didn't fraud anyone to get it. You didn't exploit or manipulate anyone to get it. You know that it was a blessing of God. There are some blessings that are so great from the Most High that are beyond your ability in a lifetime to get. I stand on the verge of one right now to this very day in this very moment. And there's no way I could have worked. There's nothing I could have sold that would have brought about that type of harvest. It was all based, it's all based upon purpose. And that's another thing. We look at what other people have and we covet what they have. Well, what they have may be according to their purpose of this life and what they're doing. There are people who want riches, and they want to use Bible verses to say that's how they get their riches. But when you talk about the wealth of Abraham, well, Abraham had a plan. Abraham had a calling. Okay? Just like you look yeah. at the children of Israel. When the, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they asked to borrow gold and silver from the Egyptians. The Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians. That's part of the reason why it was difficult getting across that Red Sea. You loaded down with gold. <laughs> and so, but the fact of the matter is, is that what? They, did, they, it, they couldn't work for it, not the amount that they carried out, because that's the blessing of the Most High. It gives you contentment. You have peace with it. You're not looking over your shoulder. You don't have any regret. You know that what you have, the Most High blessed you with it. He blessed you with it through righteous legal means. And you go to bed and you sleep good at night. Sound. 
That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And, uh, uh, folks, I just want to just say this, and I want to move off of money, because it's kind of, I don't think a lot of young people, like you was talking to me earlier on the conversation, Brother Ella Shaw, when you were saying that these young people are not stupid. A lot of our young people under 30, that's the target age group tonight, under 30, a lot of these young people is just rebellious. They just don't want to do things God's way. You ask them, what's the right way? They know. They just experiment. And the Bible says, raise up a child in the way he should go. And he'll return later. But they're going to go out there and they're going to experiment with every single thing mom and daddy ever told them. So a lot of times we're thinking, oh, they saw this, they saw that. They, they know what they're doing. Some of them are deceived. Some of them really don't know. But a lot of them do. So I just want to make it crystal clear that we nail this down once and for all. God is not about poverty. When you see poverty no. in the church, when you see poverty in your own lives, when you see poverty in the life of believers, I'm talking about folks that you think are living right. That's not his will. I'm sorry. Well, I don't care who they are. I don't care what minister all back in the day when these ministers used to wear the overalls and say, oh, I don't want much and all that. That was a poverty mentality. It doesn't have nothing to do with the father. The father is a very wealthy being. He owns everything. It is the extreme opposite of poverty. There's no lack in the kingdom of the father. When you see people operating in lack, I was telling my wife this other day, and she was saying, you know, it don't matter if it's me or not, but it's not so much about me personally and what Brother Ellis should personally do. We're just telling y'all the right way. Some of these ways we are challenged in our in our own lives, and some of these ways we have defeated. We walk, we've gotten the victory. So you're hearing a combination of things we went through, been through, kicks and butt, some defeats we went through, as well as some things we just know to be right, just by living, just by the Holy Spirit, and more importantly, by the Scriptures. So know that the Father is not, y'all ain't got to worry about being posed. Some of y'all don't want nothing to do with God because you think he's about just punishing you, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't have this, you can't have that. He wants you to enjoy this life. He wants you if you want to go boating to have a boat. He wants you if you want more than one home to have more than one home. It's just that he wants to be the center of it all. And he wants you to live a life of service and love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, truly get obsessed with loving your neighbor as well as yourself. Some of these things going to fall off. You're not going to be that concerned about getting a million-dollar yacht if you're really into helping that young, the young family next door get their kid to school or get this. You know, if you just care about people and love people, some of these things we're trying to do is just going to be impossible. We just ain't going to have time to do them. You'll be able to fly around in your private jet all over the world if you really, really, really love the Father's people. So it's all about the kingdom, as Brother Elishua said so eloquently last week. It really is about spreading his kingdom. Christianity, I don't even want to get on that. It's some man-made, it's, it's, it's part true, part not. Some of the stuff we just make it up and just adding and, and some of these customs and traditions that we call Christianity, it don't have nothing to do with the Father at all. And the teaching on poverty... The vow of poverty, the Catholic have all of that. That's not of the Father. It's just mm-hmm. not of the Father. I know that when the, when the Christ sent out the disciples, he said, go, don't take nothing. But he also said that when you preach and you serve people, basically, they'll take care of you. If Basically, if you don't preach and do what's right, then you, you're not going to have. 
Well, they shouldn't be not doing what they should not be. If they preach and do what they're supposed to do, you're going to have, is all I'm trying to say. I want to lay that down clearly because I run into so many people that don't want nothing to do with the church, God, anything, because they feel like it's all about poverty. And then another group of people feel like it's all about getting money and wealth and, and bling, bling. And that's why they they turned off by both extremes. I'm saying the father is a true father family and friends a true loving father just like any good father would be to their children they do not want their children suffering dying early sick disease broken family broken relationships mentally screwed up sexually same se- same sex confusion etc etc he wants us to have life the bible says the bible says and i'm gonna let brother ellis have another one the bible says he came for life, and that we would have it more than Lee. John 10.10, 10, the book of John 10.10. 10. Brother Ellis, sure. Since you're on a roll, I'm going to bring up something. I know it's going to take you a while. I want you to look at your clock. It's 1049. I please try to stay within five minutes, because I know this is one of your babies right here. But many don't trust the church. Because of the state of African Americans, they feel like, why should I trust this church? Look at y'all as a people. Look at us as a people. We're beggarly. We're this, we're that. Now, this is a very complex question. I don't know if I should even put you with five minutes, but I'm going to try. Folks, we can't do answer at all. Uh, so, so, brother, I want, you, I want you to go with that, please. Well, Seth, I think you did a very good job in the beginning when you, uh, in a sense. And while you do uh, that, which, I'm gonna reach out to Brother Ellis. I'm gonna reach out to Priscilla on another line, if you don't mind. I'm just letting okay. everybody know okay. what, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do, so y'all may disappear for about a minute. But go ahead and run with that, and I'm gonna try to get our our, our, our friend out of Cincinnati who had trouble with his phone line. I think we may may have fixed some. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Okay. Well. I would right. say that the introduction that you made in regards to the church and charge Christianity, and especially in regards to my feelings about it, were perfect because I couldn't have articulated that point any more clear than what you said. And that is simply put is that I love the church, the body of Christ. I've basically committed my life and service to the body of Christ. However, in doing so, in that pursuit, I discovered something. I discovered an entity that is so similar to the church that has been operating for 1,700 years, and it has not been operating by the sanction of the Holy Spirit, by the sanction of of Christ, the one who basically started the church, and it's called Christianity. Now, within Christianity is many people with church. Now, here's how you make a distinction of it, and I'm going to hit it real clear from a prescription perspective. I believe it's Matthew 13, and the Messiah is speaking to the disciples and to a crowd of people, and he has given them parables that are reflecting concerning the kingdom. And he said that the kingdom of God is likened unto a man who sowed seeds into a field and then went to work. Now, uh, matter of fact, because I hate when I'm discussing scriptures to make anything paraphrase. I'd like to just give exactly what it says. Um, so let me just look up this scripture. Ten seconds. Okay, it's Matthew 13. I was correct on that. Okay. 
and I'm going to read the passage. It gives a great explanation because this is a challenging, confusing thing when we're trying to separate distinction between Christianity and the church. Uh, when the Most High, oh, I'm sorry, when the, when the Messiah, when Christ was speaking to Peter, he told him, he gave him three directives, and he began each one with feed my sheep. And he talked about feeding my church. And the biblical word for the word church literally means assembly. It is not what people think it is. They think it's an entity. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look in the scriptures and you see how many times it was used in the New Testament, you're going to be shocked. Because you probably think you're going to see it about, you know, hundred, a couple hundred times. It's not. It's maybe used in Matthew maybe one, maybe two or three times. Because Christ did not come promoting, quote, unquote, a church in the way that we have understood a church to be. When when that okay. scripture was written, it was it was written in Greek, and the word okay. church was taken from a Greek word that meant assembly, and it means the gathering of a political group of people to speak on the affairs of the state. Oh, that shocked you, didn't it? Because how many times – when was the last time you went to church on Sunday morning, and that was this discussion, that was the issue? Not. Because, again, we've become removed from what the scripture says, and we've gotten a whole lot of traditions. And the scripture clearly says that your traditions make the word of God void of power. Now, the particular passage that I was talking about is in Matthew 13. Um, and, again, it's talking about the kingdom. Y'all getting a lot of scriptures tonight. Go ahead. Okay. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while man slept, his enemy, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence cameth then hath the tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. Now he didn't say enemies. He said, an enemy has done this. And the first assumption is that we're thinking about the devil. That's the first time most Christians believe is that whenever we use the word enemy from the scriptures, we're speaking of the devil. Not always. Because in the prophets, it clearly says that when the Israelites would be taken captives, it says that they were taken captives and they were in the land of their enemy. So I know that there's a scripture that says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and it says that the thief comes, uh, and Seth quoted one of them uh, out of John 10 and 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the reality is that in this particular passage, it's talking about an enemy, and that's very important. And so, again, it says an enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field from whence then it hath? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No. That's why you gather the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Now that's where we come to the major point of this issue of a distinction between Christianity and the church. Because the particular weed that tear that he was talking about, it is a weed, not wheat, but weed, W-E-E-D. It's called the narrow. And it looks so similar in appearance to a stalk of wheat that the only way you can tell the difference 
is at the time of harvest when it buds and the head comes forth. Then you can tell the distinction between the wheat and the tare. So remember, we're using the parable as a symbolic for some actual events that were supposed to occur, occur in the future at the time that the Messiah said this. He said that they came and sowed tares among the wheat. Picking back up at the scripture, another parable we spoke to them. Now I want to go into the 11th. I want to go all the way down here in the same chapter to where he now interprets what he told them about the, in, the tares and the wheat. And that's verse 38. Verse 37, he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man, speaking about the Messiah, Christ. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Remember, when he says the field, that's what this was sown to, the world. He says, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels. The Greek word there, the implication angels, is ministers. And they shall gather out of his kingdom. Now remember, he said out of his kingdom. Not out of the world. They shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace and there shall be wailing and national teeth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he said that the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this is what I propose to you. I'm going to turn this back over to Seth. In the year 320, Constantine, no, the year around 305, Constantine became the emperor of, of the Roman Empire. When he did that, the church at the time, most of the people who began the original church had now migrated to the south because they were pushed out of Judea by the Romans. That's why Judea, the name changed, and it became Palestine. And in other words, current-day Israel until the year 1948 was Palestine, and it, be, and it was remained up until 1948 because the Romans gave it that name in the first century. So here we go now. We Three centuries later, all the Israelites who were the first believers in Christ have now migrated south, which is Africa. Now hold, on we second, hold on, Brother Elisha. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, those of you that listen to the phone line, you clicked on a link. You did not call the show. You clicked on a link to listen to the show. You'll be disconnected in like 60 seconds. You must call the phone line. Must call the phone line. Area code 914-205-5590. Again, 60 seconds. You got 914-205-5590. Five five nine oh, please call it. You're gonna be disconnected, but I should go ahead and finish and wrap it up, please. In like a, a minute or two, we kind of go on a little. On okay. Hitting a little so corner, anyway, it's all good. It's always right. all good as usual. You said some good stuff there. So yeah, and, and so in three, and so with three hundred, when Constantine realized that the faith was growing, he realized that he could not control it. So being the yes, political strategist that he did, he said, "What I'll do is I'll take it over." And then what he did is he brought that forth by saying that he received the vision. Now, when we reach, now the only way you can tell the content of a character of a vision to be true or false is the content of what's being said. And does it line up with the scripture? Well, he said that he's received the vision of a star and of a cross. And he got the words, by this you shall go and conquer. So guess what, people? Those who always speak against Islam and call Islam a, a, a religion of terror, 
the very Christianity which you uphold and believe and cherish and will fight the tooth, nail, to, to, to tooth and toenail sometimes to the point of death. Well, guess what? It was forged and it was birthed through co- blood conquest with the sword. And that began the Roman Catholic Church. But the action, that belong, began Christianity, which the Roman Catholic Church, t- which is the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, okay, brother. But the actual cool. church, now hold on, real test access, but the actual church went south. And for 1,700 years, what we've had is the terror, but we could not tell a distinction until we come to the time of harvest. And now that we're at the time of harvest, everybody knows it. The ministers know it. The pastors know it. The congregation know it. There's something going on. There are the people who are living for God, who are pursuing him with all their heart, and there are people who are living in what we consider carnality. And a lot of these people are not born again. They pastor your churches. They sing in your choirs. They're your musicians. And they're not born again of the spirit. They're not in the kingdom. They are tares. And that's Christianity. And, and all I'll add to that is this, folks. Again, he is absolutely right. And y'all know what he just said is right. I just want to just make this statement as well, just so everybody believes to be politically correct. Not all. There's always an exception to the rule. There's a lot of pastors out there. They don't know a lot of stuff about you know, some of the things we may be talking about, but they are, they do love the Father, and they're trying to do their best with their people. There's a lot of Christians out there. They call themselves Christians, and they don't know a lot of the things we're talking about, but they live circles around us. I'm just going to say that right now, circles. They live better lives. They're healthier. They have better, probably, marriages than me and my wife. They, they It's just, I've seen them, and they don't even know what I know. So in the end, we all have to, but they're suffering, I'll say this, they're suffering, folks, where they don't have knowledge. Knowledge, ignorance is not bliss. And when you don't know, there's going to be some type of suffering. Yes, that's true. They may be happy. They may have this and that, but there's areas in their life where they just don't know. And I remember when I didn't know I was an Israelite, when I didn't know I was a Jew, when I didn't know I was with the people of the Bible, when I didn't know that that book was full of black people. I love Father. I was even praying for the sick. A lot of people was getting healed from time to time. The Father would use me to actually pray for people that was actually healed. Sometimes I prayed and they didn't get healed. But a lot of times, and, I, and I'll be lying, I, I can fill up probably most churches with the people that would say, yeah, the brother says pray for me in the year, da-da-da-da, or this year even, or last year, and, and I was healed. I mean, that's the truth. It's already happened. This brother online is a, is a witness of mine. So remember, there are people that don't know any of what he just said. They are in these churches where the pastors, some of these pastors ain't living with the quarter, but the members have a good heart. Right, right, Brother, absolutely. Brother, we did get a chance to get a hold of Brother Purcell, and I want to welcome him to the phone line. Purcell, uh, don't even you don't have to explain what happened or what, what's going on with you. I just want to welcome you to the phone line, Erico 513 uh, Purcell, all in Cincinnati, Ohio, you're, you're, you're on the air. How you doing tonight, Brother? Thank you for having me, Seth, man. I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. I was listening to my brother, uh, Mr. Ellison. Uh, that brother is so full of, full of the word, man. It, it is inspiring. <laughs> it's provoking. I just, I, I'm just excited about what God is doing in your life, my brother. So Thank you, brother, for it, 
And we're going to hear more from him. We're going to hear from you as well. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you take the next question. But before he does that, remember what I said, folks. It ain't all churches. It ain't all people. But it, it's too many of them. And Brother LSU is right. Let me just say this real quick. It's something I forgot. I just wrote down this. And I realized I forgot to say this. On the money thing, we saw my money earlier. This whole business, I'm, I'm seeing a lie, a lie. Remember tonight, we're attacking lives of the enemy that come to kill, still destroy, because we don't want our, our our young people killed, destroyed, or deceived right. in no way. Okay, listen to this, folks. Here's a lie. Two lies, actually. There's a saying, whatever don't kill you, make you stronger. That's a lie. Don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're doing what is wrong, you're caught up in the narcissism, which means the worship of yourself, all about you, your empire, building your thing, and you're doing this, you're trying to stay positive, you don't hear nothing negative, you want to be positive, 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 and it's all about you, all about you, all day long, and you're just trying to worry about you, and you're just building, you want to stack, you want to stack, you want to stack, it's all about you, it's all about you. If the mother, you know what, if it's all about you, all about you, you did already. <laughs> <laughs> right, watch this. <laughs> right. But it said the slogan go, whatever don't kill you make you stronger. Okay, so you go out there, you try in this narcissist narcissist mentality, this egotistical mentality, selfish lifestyle, and you try something it won't kill you. You're just going through all kind of hell. Well, the next time you try it, <laughs> it will kill you. <laughs> the slogan says, whatsoever don't kill you will make you stronger. What you say? What was that? In all fairness, in all fairness, let's look at it. Let's look at that particular, um, I, I guess I view it as a colloquialism. Um, let's look at that in the proper context, though. Now, I, I personally don't believe, or maybe 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 I just don't receive it this way, but I I look at it more as, um, not necessarily a, a situation where I this I this time uh, escape death. I look at it more from a perspective of. Um, all things work together for the good. Everything, everything comes from everything comes from Scripture. The scripture said all things were made by Him and for Him. So first, we have to put things back in their proper perspective. So the Scripture said in Romans eight and twenty eight, all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to His purpose. Now, it also said in uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but every time they rise against us, hold, 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 hold on a second, Purcell. Hold on a second, because you're talking about things that pertain to the believer. I'm not talking about that. I'm using that slogan, whatever don't kill you will make you stronger. If you are a believer and you're doing what is right, and you go to do something, and it don't kill you. You're doing what you're doing. What God told you. Oh yes, whatever don't kill you make you stronger. But you got people in all types of sinful environments doing that same thing. 
They can't yeah. accept that. That's that. They can't. If you if you robbing banks, classic example. I'll make it crystal clear. If you robbing banks, folks, and you don't get killed in this one bank, the Bank of America, y'all got out with a million, and y'all about to go over to Chase Bank, and you use that slogan, whatever don't kill us to make us stronger. So you go rob Chase, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is If you own some wicked agenda Whatever Don't care you going to make you stronger That is the most craziest quote It's a beautiful quote If it's for the believer There's a lot of things the world is quoting Here's another one I'm blessed and highly favored If you are uh, 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 Bonnie and Clyde if you Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> if you Bonnie and Clyde, a modern day Bonnie and Clyde, are you out there pimping? You got fifteen ladies right now on the corner. You try to get thirty. You get your thirty, and somebody say, "How you doing, bro? I'm blessed and highly favored." I don't think so. Because <laughs> that means you got to get you know young girls, my daughters, and stuff out there on the street. What I'm trying to say is, yes, the father loves you. And you're blessed in that way, and he favors you. But he's not favoring you in your everyday endeavors to go get more girls, to go get more money. And what they're saying, a lot of these, a lot of our people, and, and I'm just just picking our people. This is the whole world doing this, really. We just talking about our young people, and that because we want to help them to get out of this destructive lifestyle. And Chris, I don't want you to finish, but what I'm saying, and we'll go to the next question. What I'm saying, y'all, is. We cannot live a destructive lifestyle violating God's word. We can't allow young people to keep saying crazy stuff like I'm blessed and highly favored because they got more money, because they don't smoke so more weed and they reach their goal in selling weed. Now they can buy Where no Cadillac off the children flow. Where they get that from? Go ahead. Where they get that from? They got that from church folk who quoted it the same way. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Some of these church folk is just as wrong. I don't want us to get started on that because I know we've done it for 30 minutes and we still got like one. We got about, oh, my goodness. We ain't going to cover all this. But we still got a lot of more topics. But all I'm saying, that's is for those that are pursuing God's heart, folks. It's just that simple. Those people are blessed and highly favored because God loves their ways. There is a such people who God loves to death, but he is angry with the decisions they make. The Bible says the Lord is angry with the wicked daily. You can be angry with your son and would die for your son at the same time. He's angry with the wicked daily, folks. Don't, so we're trying to get our people out of wickedness. Now, again, if you know something to be wrong and you're trying to correct yourself, this show really ain't for you. We're trying to spotlight those that don't know, that are ignorantly disobeying laws that are causing them death, causing the enemy to kill, still destroy. All right, we hit that. I think good enough. Y'all about to vote. I'm going to go a little fast. But, Priscilla, I want you to tackle this next question. Careers. Why do you feel? And folks, again, we Ricky Shivers had an emergency. He was going to bring on some people tonight, some young people. Out of wouldn't you know it? Probably was the enemy. 
that caused this accident, whatever happened in this family, I'll just say that. But Ricky has some young people he's going to bring on tonight. I, I asked, you know, to, to him that, and he said he would do it, and he didn't make it. So I guess, you know, they was going to chime off of him. But So that's what happened with Ricky tonight. Purcell, in four minutes, I know that's going to be a record for you, but I want you to speak up and really talk to us tonight about 12,000 career paths. Why do so many of our young people pursue rapping and music careers only? Please, quickly. Rapping and, and well, I tell you what, I tell you what, this is this is what I see happening. This is what I see has happened to. Now we're talking about, um, are we talking about our young black kids? We're definitely talking about our young black kids, correct? Right, absolutely. Thirty okay. and under is the target age group. Okay, here's here's what I here's what I recognize in our young black kids. I recognize that the value system has changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and what has happened is they have become lovers of the world and lovers of things. Themselves. And themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, you were just talking about that moments ago. It is all about them. To hell with whatever else is going on. It's all about me because that's what uh, I think not the original hip hop culture, but this newfangled hip hop culture. That's what they promote. That's what they, that's what they promote. The big eyes and the little U's. They looking down their nose at, and they begin and they started glorifying these things. We're not glorifying the family. We're not glorifying the family structure That's anymore. Right. We're not looking at the values of the black family. We're not looking at the strength of the black family. We're not looking at the strength of the black nation. We glorifying the crabs in the bucket syndrome that we've right. heard for so many years. And I think that's where the disconnect has come. It's in the value system. I think, and I also think, now we teach our children and have taught our children for years that you can be and do anything you want to do. But it's very rare that we have the the black society of of, uh, uh, doctors that reach out to the community and show them that that it's actually possible. It, it's very rare that they have some type of outlet in that arena that says, man, I can actually be a doctor. You know, uh, we our, our kids, our young people gravitate to the glamorous. And what's been what's being glamorized is this rap culture. It's, I mean, it's all over the television. I mean, white people making commercials that have, that have rap in them, that have the, the so-called image of rap. I mean, it's been, we've been bombarded with a false image. So, because our, our, our youth are so thirsty 
to 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 so called be in the end crowd. Let, 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 let me let me kind of just throw a little thirty seconds. We're gonna wrap this up in like two minutes, and I just want to say this in, in less than like thirty seconds for real. You're doing a good job, but I gotta move fast. We got one, two, three, four, five. Got like twelve more topics here, and I don't know how we're gonna do. It. Maybe I'll do part four. But listen, folks, Purcell is on to something. But I want to say this. I remember back in the eighties, seventies, rather, when I was in high school. I remember Earth, Wind, and Fire was on everything. I remember. I remember they was also all around us, everywhere we went. You know, we didn't look. I don't think we looked as much, as much TV. Maybe we did. But I remember soul, soul music. It was in everything. Everything was so Motown was at its highest. Motown was the talk of the town. Everything was Motown, Motown, Motown. Michael Jackson was played uh, just. Every, it was just like you say, per se. It was always in our face. Mm-hmm. But yet, but yet, we wanted to be. We aspired to be all kinds of things. You could not go to high school and find no two people that want the same thing. What has happened? Quickly. Because back in the day, we revered our dad. Because our dads showed us something that we wanted we wanted to be. We wanted to be like our dad. Today, where is daddy? Where is daddy and why daddy don't want to be with me? Why daddy mm. don't feel want to be with the family? But I'm telling you, is the value system has been destroyed. I agree. I agree. Well, I want. I want. I want to just put a little bow on that, and then I'm going to go to the next question. I'm going to want you to answer the next question. Then we're going to come to brother LSU after that, since he had a almost an hour and a, and a half, almost pretty much. But I still want to hear from him a whole lot more tonight. So we're just going to go over talking, a little bit, man. This is going to be a long friend. show. Yes. You can't be. You can't be talking about hip hop and then don't let me discuss, don't let me comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like brother, it's just, you just long winded. If your four minutes turn into fifteen, and we really got to watch no, but let me give now. You, but I want you to go ahead and hit that. But just please, in three minutes. Okay, real quick. Here's the thing, Seth. You said selfishness, brother Purcell really articulated that point. Do you understand that selfishness at the is at the root of Satanism? That the whole objective for the whole objective of Satanism is get man to worship self. It's always been there from the garden. It's to get man to worship self. So that is the core. That is the central orientation of Satanism. Now, the reason why come this music is so derogatory and destructive to our culture is because that's what it is intended to do. You have young people, 17, 18, 19, 20, and all they see it is a get-rich-fast gimmick. Many of them are very talented because what they are actually are prophets. This this ain't found the right place and got in that zone in a relationship with the Most High to, to, to realize that. But the fact is, is that you have to understand that it's the record companies that promote this type of music because they want to, they want to build a culture that is self-defeating. They want to continue the whole Willie Lick syndrome, which they began. You talked about Earth, Wind, and Fire. What you don't know about Earth, Wind, and Fire is that Earth, Wind, and Fire was one of the most demonic groups that has ever been engaged in what you would call rhythm and blues soul music. If you went to their cup. If you went to their concerts, you would see the pyramids when they talk about wishing shining upon the star. It's sun worship. They're not talking about when you wish. When they say when you wish upon the star, all of that is sun worship. 
The object of Satan has always been to go after the youth through the entity of music and entertainment. And what we see now is the zenith of it, and that's why come it's so effective. Even Jay-Z, when he has concerts, he has people chanting, Hover, Hover, Hover. Well, Hover is the god of mischief and wickedness. And they're chanting that. That's literally sorcery going on and taking place during the concerts. So the fact is that we're hard on them, and you're right, Seth, you're taking the right approach. We have to tell them the truth. And many of them, when we talk about Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, these people didn't die. These people were killed. See, when we get into hip-hop, then you got to deal with the Illuminati, and you got to look at all their impact and their influence. So other right. things that we could, yeah, things that the church is sleeping, that now I'm not going to say the church. I'm going to be very clear in my distinction tonight, that Christianity is sleeping on. And the reason why I come a lot of them are sleeping on it, because they are the very subjects of it. If you think everybody you see on TBN is born again and spirit-filled, John Hagee said it years ago. He said that Satanism contributed greatly to the preachers who are basically keeping people in carnality. They give to their offerings. But Christianity is still, is still trying to figure out who they are. That's right. We, we have no idea. We're so confused with the term Christianity that I refuse to I refuse to even identify Likewise. myself as a Christian. Likewise. Yeah. Because it's because so, it's associated it's associated with it's, it's so associated with contempt. It's so, so associated so with hypocrisy. Right. So mm-hmm. many things, so many ungodly things. Absolutely. Now, folks, yeah. I know this brother. He ain't saying he don't believe in the Messiah. Uh, brother Purcell believes in the Messiah. I know some of y'all say, what do you mean you're only a Christian? Some people just don't understand this statement, but trust me, he believes in the Messiah, accept him in his life, and all of that. He's just saying Christianity, that 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 language, this, like LSU was talking about, it's been taken on by Constantine a long time ago, and it's, and it's done some very weird things, not to mention more bloodshed than Islam. I don't care what people say. Christianity was killing folk before Islam even thought about it. But That's anyway, right. Yeah, I want to move on. I want to move on to another one. Uh, uh, Brother uh, LSU, I want you to talk about this only because you have more experience than, than, than this than Brother Purcell and I combined. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I want you to do this in four minutes. I'm watching the clock. we got to get done. i got to, uh, trust me, y'all, we just got to stick with the clock now, okay? As a matter of fact, let me, um, Let's do this. Go ahead and hit on ex-felons. The next question is ex-felons. Here's the rest of the remaining questions, and and I think we should probably go down the line here. I don't want to skip because we'll just do it part four, and I want to hit that Illuminati. Uh, Just for the record, everybody, this is the questions that we probably won't get to tonight. Uh, should I go there? Nope, nope, nope. Brother Ellis, go ahead and, and answer this question. Ex-felons find it nearly impossible to assimilate back into society. They're going to be listening tonight to this show. I'm sending this link to a lot of rooms that may be definitely listening to this. So talk to me. In four minutes, ex-felons find it nearly impossible to assimilate back into society. What do they need to do? Well, it's real simple. First, let's look at how we got there. It's the pipeline. It's from the classroom to the prison. And the situations that contribute to a lot of our young men and young women being in prison happens in that classroom because they are not educating them children. And what they're not doing in that class is not helping them children become 
self-confident in themselves and their ability to do whatever it is that's been put in their heart for fulfillment, for purpose, for identity, like, like Brother Purcell said earlier. So what happens is that you go through prison, you come out. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to give you this as an example. First of all, if you go to prison and if you happen to get in this message, you're in prison. Don't consider it idle time. Do whatever is you whatever is available for you to utilize to better yourself. You do that. That's the number one more important thing, because you're talking right now. You're hearing the voice of a person who, when I was in the fourth grade, I believe it was the fifth grade. No, I was in middle school, and I had a counselor ask me what was my favorite subject in school, and I told him it was English. Well, he says, really, because you don't do too well in English. Maybe you need to find a better, uh, find another favorite subject. Now, how do you think me? At six, in the sixth or seventh grade, how did you think I took that? You know how I took that? I took that is that if I'm that stupid, what's the purpose of trying? So what I did basically is I bailed out. I checked out of I checked out of education. I came to the class. I came to the school, but I didn't go to the classroom because I was told I couldn't learn. But the same person who told you who they were told that guess what, Bishop Jakes, I go down a list of them. Books that they've written. Who wrote them books, Brother Seth? Brother Seth, where'd you go? You mean ghost wrote, ghost wrote yes, ghost yes. Yes, who wrote yeah. Ghostwriter, yeah, let me just say this to everybody because they don't know this. And see, this is in his bio. I want him to just kind of. Sometimes my brother likes to do his own home, but he actually ghost wrote a lot of. Uh, he wrote ghost wrote for. I'm just gonna name big names. I'm not gonna name names. Y'all don't know. Juanita Bynum. He did her workbook. I think he ghost wrote that. He ghost wrote some books for Jake's. He ghost wrote books for. Uh, I think. Did you ever do uh, the the gentleman out of Bahamas? Bowles Monroe. Yes. Yeah. See, what y'all don't know is there's a there's a book company called. You can call this guy. Call call Puma Life Publishing. Puma Speed. Numa Life. Numa Life. Numa Life Publishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Numa Life Publishing. But it starts with a P, though, right? The way right. you spell yeah. Numa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great yeah. word for spirit. Yeah, Numa Life Publishing. Darwin is the owner. And call Darwin and ask me, do you know Ella Shure? Ella Shure ghost wrote a lot of his books, and he had produced books for all of those people, big names like that. Go ahead and wrap it up. In yeah, so my, 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 and my objective is to say this to those brothers who are coming out of the city of here. Man, don't let these people put limitations on you. You have, you have, if you are out and you have purpose and you're still living, that means you have purpose. And that means that there is something that you are divinely purposed and are given life to do. And all you need to do is connect with him who gave you life. See, people are looking for identity. They're looking at rappers for identity. But the bottom line is the only one who can give you identity is your father. That's even physically. The identity of the child is not based upon the chromosomes of the mother, but the father. The father is the only one who can give you identity. And that's what a lot of us are looking for because we didn't get it from our fathers. They didn't speak identity to us. They didn't speak purpose into us. And so when we're looking around, it's like my son. He just walked in the door. I tell him whenever he was doing some crazy stuff, I say, you're not being Daniel. You're acting like somebody else because yeah. I know who you are. Good point. I know the prince that's in you. So the only problem that you have is you're just not being you. And I will add, Purcell, I would love to know what you have to say as well, but I want to add to the ex-felons. 
can't tell the whole thing. First thing he did when he got out of the prison, from my understanding, he can correct me, is he got into the father. I, mean, I was going to say church, but I know him. He's going to probably correct me. Well, he got a relationship with the father. Folks, it's that still small voice that separates humanity from those that have that joy, the peace, the happiness, and all the things that the Father promised. If we, if we, it's a big gift. Just because we're on the phone lines again, we ain't got it all together. We have to follow that voice every day. As we, those of us on this phone line right now, will be lonely, depressed. All these things will not, I mean, we can't, we can go through the same thing, folks. But LSU, I remember he also joined church, joined the fellowship. It's, it's very important. You surround yourself mm-hmm. with believers that is wanting to obey the Father. And he did that. I remember a group we had, and we was all love the Lord. All of us love the Father. All of us love the Father. And, and we one of the main out, things, we went, Seth, bolded, we went, we went to call Yeah, and one of the main things, Seth, is that you played a pivotal part, and this is something that they need to know, is that if you're in prison, when you come out of prison or if you've just been released from prison, you need to change your associations. You need to do it as fast as you can. Because as the Bible says, that bad manners, what is it? It says that bad association corrupts good manners. The, the problem is, is that you cannot go back into the same environment, hanging with the same people, doing the same things that you did before you went in, if you really expect to have freedom and liberty and longevity. You have to change that. And one of the things you write, Seth, is that I didn't pursue church per se. I pursued the Father. But in pursuing the Father, I walked into a gym one day, and there was this guy in here. And it was like I walked into it the next day. He was there. And the next thing I know, I would look and catch him and telling people, yeah, you want to know pointers about how to do this here? Go over there and ask that guy right there. I'm like, I don't even know this dude. Why do you keep sending people over here to me? And so finally, I went to him. I was like, dude, why do you keep sending people over me? Who are you anyway? And you introduce yourself to me. Well, at that time, you were fully engaged in, 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 in the church. Not Christianity. I mean, because the fact of the matter is that a lot of the hypocrisy in the era that was taking place in a lot of these big known ministries, you were one of the first persons to point that out to me. And that was, and I, and I really appreciated that because my intent was to never to follow a man. My intent was always to pursue a relationship with the Father, to pursue Abba, Daddy. <laughs> I'm not looking for no religion. I grew up in the church. I looked at religion. I saw it for a thousand. No, I want a relationship with daddy. And to this Good very point. day, we're looking at something 30 years later, and that relationship is just as strong now as it was 30 years ago. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right, y'all. We're going to we, we gonna go over. I'm letting let everybody know this right now yeah. tonight. This is going to yeah. be. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me touch something that he said about it when he was talking about his son. When he said when he was okay. acting a fool, he's not representing uh, the father. Now, this is something. Now this is what I would say to my son. I, I would say when he's when he acting a fool, I say, you didn't get that from me. See, and see, now the problem, the issue now is, they can't say that because once again, fathers ain't saying that to their sons because they're not there. For whatever reason, we have decided to be to become absent in our our children's lives for whatever reason. 
Now, we know life, life happens. We know life is going oops upside our head, but by the same token, I know that the father of the father who is absent is saying, you didn't get that from me in many cases because, once again, the value system of the black family has completely changed. You know completely what? And changed. when it, you know what? Because it's no problem you are, you are so right. We could do a show on either one of these topics, folks, because this, what you just opened up, and I'm a matter of fact, since you opened it, I'm about to jump down a question to the next one that ties into what you say is tens of thousands of single African-American women are drained, being pulled all directions by daycare demanding jobs and dads missing. So I'm going to have to go ahead and answer that one right now. Again, the, 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 the topic is tens of thousands of single African-American women are drained by, in all directions, by daycare demanding jobs and dad's missing. So I'm going to have to piggyback off of that. But you're absolutely right. I think we wouldn't be having a lot of these topics if the, if the father was there. I hate to say it, but like public enemy say, when the dad, when the father's in the house, and I'm calling public enemy, when the father's in the house, all the bullshit stops. That's the lyrics. And it's, and it's so true. Uh, James Brown said it like another way. James Brown said it like this. Papa don't take no mess. And it's yep. true. And, yep. and Quasi, Quasi said it like this. The the psychologist, Quasi? No, 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 no. Uh, 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 I can't think of his name. The Muslim guy. Uh, the one that talked about self-hate, uh, Ella Shore. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and Naeem Akbar said this. He said, women love no it says women black women love their it says black women raise their daughters they're hard on their daughters my black women they're hard on their daughters black women Mm -hmm. they're hard on their daughters they raise their daughters but they love their sons Obviously, obviously they love both of them but these boys, and, and I don't even think there's nothing wrong. I don't think black women do nothing wrong. I think that's what they're made to do. They just, it's a, it's a black man's job to probably raise the son and love the daughter. So you see what I mean? So one of them is raising the woman, raise the daughter, love the son, and the father comes in, he love the daughter and raise the heck out of that son, hard on him, but the daughter he loves. So when you get both parents, you get both of those things, those cylinders clicking at the same time. So Purcell is really on to something. Because the father is not there, a lot of this stuff is all out of control, all out of control. And I want to hear one more thing, and we're going to move on to the next one, and uh, we just won't finish. I think what I would like to do, Brother uh, Ella Shure, you and Chris, I would like to have you on, Ella Shure, do some specials. And I want to hit this Illuminati bad, bad, because it's just out of control. This brother has some insight on Illuminati that's going to make the hair on y'all head stand up. You're not going to believe it. So we're going to have to play some clips where you actually hear J.C. saying this. You actually hear certain rappers say this. Demon, demon, demonology, satanism, satanic, satanism, the Illuminati, this stuff is serious, 
serious, serious, serious. Now, I don't think they're a part of the big Illuminati, but LSU actually believe they are. I don't think they're part of the the, the rich boys, the super Illuminati, the one that, that, that just, you know, I just think that they, they worship Satan. I'm talking about a lot of these rappers, but you got to hear LSU about the, the presentation. Maybe the next week we'll do that part of the show and have Brother Purcell on to talk about these other questions that we got that we didn't get to. Let Brother Elisha just do his thing maybe towards the second half of next week. But we got to do a part two because I'm not going to be able to cover all these questions. But I want to see this hey, real Seth, quick. Yes. You know what you said about the relationship, the male and female, the, the father and the mother in the home? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, this is going to shock you. Do you know that over half the divorce, over half of marriages not in America, but over half of the marriages that occur in the church end in divorce. Yep. I didn't say half. Over, over half of them. And here's the reason why. We live, we live in a society that is not conducive for a fruitful marriage. That's See, true. a lot of people said a lot of people said that a lot of problems that a, a lot of problems that we have encountered in our society, the church said it's because we took prayer out of the schools. I disagree. What we did is we took mama we took mama out of the home. That's what we did. We took daddy out of the home. We didn't take mama out of the home. Yeah, and when you took and when you took and see the thing is that we had a society where our mama out of the home. He took my mama out of the home meaning mama's out on the on the workforce. Both of them per se. What I'm saying right, yeah mama mama left mama left mama left the home and went into the workforce because that was her quote unquote follow me. That was her right to do so. So a lot of things and here's some things, oh I'm supposed to step off some toes, y'all supposed to get upset at me. I'm gonna be true to the game. A lot of you sisters don't make it conducive for a man to be in your home. You want a boy. You don't want a man. Because a man comes in and takes responsibility and obligations, but he also takes leadership. And you've been told by the society that we have equal standing in, a, standing in our marriages. But that ain't what God said. Come on, get mad at me. See, this is the reason why a lot of y'all go to church and you're hearing stuff, but you want to go and hear what itch and ears want to tell you, but you don't want to deal with the truth. Because the yeah. truth of the matter is that, simply put, our society has created a group of individuals that men are selfish, women are selfish. And so well, there's no room for children. There's no room for children. Neither do they value the institution of marriage. That's what's missing. Ooh, Absolutely. They don't. There's they don't. no respect. There's no respect for the institution of marriage. That's we, right. We have, we have gravitated now to perversion. We've, we've right. gravitated now to perversion. Perversion being when you, when you, uh, when you deviate from the original plan of a thing, that's called perversion. That's right. Absolutely. That's what it is. And that's okay. what we have in a lot. That's what we have in a lot of our homes. That's why we got yeah. homosexual. That's why we got homosexual couples doing all this adopting, and they're making and what, it. They, right. They, and and they, what they're doing is they're promoting this all inclusiveness thing. And what kind of society is that going to produce in 20 years? If we're here. Because if you're promoting same-sex relationship, and then all of a sudden it becomes perpetual, guess what happens? After a while, those of us who believe in heterosexual relationships will be dead, and there'll be nothing long to carry on the race. That's why homosexuality don't need nobody to tell you it's wrong. 
All you have to right. do is look at the laws of reality and the laws of science and biology and know that if we all of a sudden adopt a homosexual lifestyle, society and the world people end as we know it because we have nobody yep. to produce. Yeah, well, and I'm gonna say this because we hit that real hard last week about homosexuality. Folks, y'all gotta go listen to part. We got a part one, a part two, and a part three. Part two, we hit on homosexuality hard and heavy, and I gave like 24 scriptures. So y'all gotta go back and listen to that. Brother LSU is right. People should know. You should be able to know by looking in the mirror. Just get a mirror, a mirror, and look all at all your body parts and try to figure it out. I mean. Yeah, make sure it's a full length mirror. <laughs> Just look for exercise and, and look for exercise and interests. But that, well, but, 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 but in, but in oh, seriousness, oh, oh, that's the intent. That's the intent. Of, that's the intent of the devil. The devil wants to legalize everything. This is a society that is moving fastly towards that. We legalize wickedness. So what and why it's so complicated complicated for us as the church now, Seth? Because we're standing for righteousness. But we and what people think, they think if something is legal, it's okay. They think right. if it's legal, it's okay. And so what right. you're doing well, is we have an argument. Let, 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 let's do this. Let's do I want to take a little short break here and then I want to come back and I want us to knock out about two more of these and then we can wrap up the show. Folks, we're gonna go. Well, don't take no break. We don't need no break. We don't need no break. I just got on here. I gotta I gotta reboot my computer. <laughs> No, we don't, though, because y'all on a roll, and, and, and I hope people are listening, because LSU, I'm telling you, there's some people that is really confused, and they're listening to others. You know, Europe is the home. It's not the home. It's not the origin, but homosexuality is out of control in Europe, and it's Europeans that's leading this charge, and Obama and Coretta Scott King and all these people signing on to it, just even further more confused us, and that's why we hit, we got hit by that big truck. But, folks, I want to just, just, just take a little break here. i got to reboot my set and do a few other things here. I want y'all to just check out this song. Um, so some of y'all don't know what to do after listening to us. You, you're like, oh, my goodness, they rocking everything out. They're stepping on my toes. I don't know what to do. So you probably know where do I go, what do I do. This song is for you. We'll be right back. Just going to play half of the song, uh, and uh, we'll be back in a little bit. Y'all okay with a break? Oh, Priscilla, I know yes. you're okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna we'll be right back. We'll be right, <laughs> right back. Priscilla is right. We don't need to take a break, but my computer is, y'all want to be able to, you know, I won't be able to take questions or anything because of what's going on my computer. Anyway, where'd I go? Where'd I run? What'd I do? I mean, what's the solution? Part of it. We'll be right back.
that minister to somebody. Well, time is clicking. Time is moving right along. Let me go back to the phone lines. Brother Ellisure, your line is open. Brother Purcell, your line is open. One In one minute, what did y'all think of that song? Uh, why don't you go first, uh, Purcell? Say it again. Purcell, try again. Purcell. Uh, Ellis, sure, go ahead. Button. Hopefully, Purcell didn't get disconnected. If he if he did, hopefully, why don't you go? Maybe we'll have him fixed up, fixed up before okay. you finish. Go ahead. What did you think of the song? Well, uh, the part that I was able to get because actually when we started to break, I had to get up um, ten things here at the house real quick. Uh, time for children to be well, in bed. Uh, but uh, no, 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 okay. but I, I heard saying, a great deal of it. Hold on, hold on. The song, if you didn't hear it, it's not a big deal because it's song is important. No, I heard a great deal of it. The mercy seat, running to the mercy seat, and the bottom line is, is, is you know, that's a lot of that in itself is what keeps a lot of people from coming before the Father because it's simply the life style that we've been talking about and living that life. I don't know how many young ladies that I've prayed for and they literally were just filled with shame. I mean, just shame, you know, because the lifestyle they live in, they felt like that, that the Most High wouldn't accept them, that they couldn't come to him. But the fact of the matter is, simply put, that there's none of us that is that that is too wicked, too too cruel, too that we're so steeped in our debauchery and wickedness that he will not pull us out. Simply put, we have to fall upon his grace, fall upon his mercy. And his mercy and it's really simple. A lot of times when I knew I should have been judged for the things that I've done, his mercy trumped justice. And so that's what for that very reason, I'm not a judgmental person. When people are going through, okay. I understand that pain is pain. So I'll run to the mercy seat. <laughs> And that's all it means. I know it's saying mercy seat, but it's talking about the person really that's sitting in that seat. Now, this Yeshua or Christ, and many of you know this Jesus. All it's saying is run to him. And the I said at the beginning of the show, when will you find the Father? We read in Jeremiah, when you seek him with all your heart, you just can't go talking to him like you're talking to some dude off the street. You have to go to him with your heart in your hand. You can't talk to him like someone off the street, but you have to have, you have to be very truthful, very sincere. Like I said, there's two kinds of prayers. If you're asking God to bless you with a parking space, that's not going to be the same intensity you home pray if somebody say you got a month to live. So, folks, you got to come to him. The Bible says, when will you seek, when will you find him, when you seek him with all your heart. I want to just say, because I want to wrap this show up in like five minutes, and uh, Brother Ellisure, we can't cover it all. It's just, so what I want to do at this point is just talk about what we're going to do next week and just wrap up the show, because you don't need to get into all these other topics. But I will say this, this is what's coming later next week if Brother Ellisure comes on. and whoever comes up, brother, maybe Ricky can join us again next week. We still have yet to talk about this. This is what's coming your way. Too many think America is doomed. America is cursed. Why should I think long term? A lot of people think about it. A lot of young people I've run into, they just give up. They don't think outside of 20 years because they don't think they're going to be alive or America's going to be around because they listen to things like the Illuminati, Revelation 17 and Revelation 18. They think this is the whore, this is Babylon, and um, they just don't believe it's going to be around. So that we're going to talk about next week. Uh, here's another one. Why do I keep attracting fake friends? Some of y'all, we got some serious scoop on why a lot of y'all keep running to all these fake friends. 
uh, egotistical friends, narcissist friends, because you're all about self. Um, some of y'all, uh, we got to talk about adults giving up because of racism. We're going to talk about thousands of young African Americans. Oh, we actually hit that tonight about uh, black men not being the family. Probably hit that a little bit harder about the dads missing and the demanding jobs from these single parents. Also, we're going to talk about the addiction to social media. It's crazy what everybody's posting, all this stuff. Everybody's, that, that is a big one. Everybody's just glued to the phone, posting this crazy stuff, fighting in Waffle House, and just a bunch of stuff that millions of young people is doing on social media. Here's another one we're going to talk about next week. Many can't seem to make it on their own as adults. They just can't get out of mama's house. They're just irresponsible. And then here's another one, pop culture. This is probably the biggest one out of everything we talked about. Pop culture, what's popular, what's popular, Kardashians. People are making their decisions based on what is popular, what's in. They're not looking at what is wholesome for them in their household. They're following crowds. Peer pressure is not just high school and middle school. It's adult. It's called popular culture, pop culture. These young people, you got it's what they learn, it's what you do, is they treat their boyfriend based upon what's popular. It, what's popular shouldn't be a standard; it should be what's godly. And it's there's two penalty. more. It's called penalty. Oh, penalty. Yeah, it's called what? Penalty. They're making decisions okay. based on penalty and not principle. Okay, and then there are those who don't know who they are. We're going to hit that next week. And then last but not least, kind of LSU hit it a little bit already. must have been in the spirit to know that. And the last one he hit already is they talk to the father, but they don't even believe they exist, some of them. So he hit that a little bit. But, folks, listen, we got to wrap up the show, got to wrap up the show. i got to get out of here and get to work. And so i got to wrap up the show now, unfortunately. I know I've been giving intro to Purcell, but Purcell's a businessman slash husband slash uh, just uh, Purcell does Minister. a lot and, and minister. But the big thing is, the biggest reason he's on the show is because this man right here lives it. But there sure is no joke. Y'all heard him. He, he, you know, we tooted his horn quite a bit. It's still a bigger horn to toot. But I'm so glad they came on. They they, they were swinging tonight. Uh, those of you that missed the first part of the show, y'all got to... Y'all got to see, even you, Brother Purcell, y'all, you got to click on the link about 30 minutes after we go off the air. You click on the link and listen to Jay. You need to listen to how I open up with KRS-One. <laughs> oh, that's my dude. Oh, you got to hear. He ain't singing, though. You got to hear what KRS-One said to the masses. It'll blow you away. So y'all missed the first half of that. Uh, so check that out. But. Go ahead and give last words, and I do mean in 30 seconds. I'm about to wrap this up. I got to get out here. Got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. So, I do two I want you to I do go two ahead. Real quick. Real Bottom quick. Um, go ahead. Uh, uh, next next we got to get hold back on, to Hold on, hold on. LSU, hold on, Purcell. Since you came on last, why well, don't LSU, you go. Since you said you got to go, and then Purcell, you come behind them. Quickly, in 30 seconds, okay. literally, because I'm looking at the clock, y'all. Quick. Real quick, same information as I gave you at the beginning of the show. I can be contacted on Facebook, Ellison Israel Ellison. Uh, we will have a blog talk show that will be resuming this weekend, Sunday evenings at 6.30 uh, Central Time. No, I'm sorry, 5.30, 5.30 Central Time. And that is blog talk. And just go to blogtalk.com and put in Israel now. Uh, the subject that we were discussing, the difference between Christianity and the church, the parable of the tares and the wheat will be the topic of, okay. of discussion okay. for them. They'll have to tune in. All right, uh, Brother uh, Purcell, quickly. 
All I want to say is we got to get black. We got to get back to the values. We got to put our values back in their proper place, and we got to put this thing back into perspective where the black family is concerned, and we got to take our rightful position in the earth and in the church. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, I love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I'm going to add this. Again, thank y'all for coming on LSU and Brother Purcell. I'm going to meet y'all lines. Nice last words. Uh, I'm going to also add that the Father loves you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Y'all enjoy this very powerful song. Good night, and we'll see you next week when we handle those topics as well as Illuminati. There will be a part four. Good night. Powerful song coming up. Check this out. Listen to the word. Just the other day, a young man came up to me and said, Reverend, I really don't want to sound like an eternal pessimist. But I really feel like I'm at the dead end of the road right now. Everything I undertake to do becomes a failure. I try to treat everybody right and I do all that I can to live right, but it seems like I just have a hard time even making ends I said to the young man, I said, you sound like a good man. But I wanted to know from him, had he really given his problems, his concerns, had he really turned it over to Jesus? I wondered, had he really had some sincere prayer? And so what I said to him was, you long. For sweet peace and for faith and for faith to increase. And I know you've been sincere. You've earnestly and fervent. You prayed. But I wanted the young man to know that. You just cannot have them. But you cannot cannot have Or be perfectly blessed. Or be perfectly blessed. None of that can happen until all everything right there on the altar. Come on and help me say, Why is y'all on the altar?
and free rest. As you yield here, your body, and you got to give God to soul. I need to say that one more time because I wanted to convince the young man that he's got to give it all to him. Your body, your soul. Hallelujah. 